Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Twenty-five years old, and I still wake up with a little guy saluting. It's the wake up call with KB and Andy. Wake up! Wake up, we pal. They need a wake up call. Someday this country's gonna wake up. Wake up and smell the coffee. All right, it's a Wednesday. Thank you for waking up with us, KB and Andy. It is the wake-up call. We got you until 10 o'clock, as always. Broadcasting live here on The Fan in the DriveHubler.com studios. Tons to talk about. Not a great night for local basketball. Uh, last night is Indiana State. Butler, both losers. is a dream dead for Indiana State. Uh, we can dive into that as well. Pacers back in action tonight. We know Jalen Smith is out. Will Benedict Matherin play? Uh, so so uh, some conversation. There, Anthony Richardson throwing a damn football, which you love to see on a Wednesday morning. Kevin Bona, good morning to you. I would say hello to Mark, but he's lost his voice. So no, I feel awful <laughs> for him. Um, I don't know. Does that get him out of yelling at his kids? Though I was thinking about. That it's a great point. Wednesday Do I dare morning. try to talk? Oh, that's what it sounds I, like. I love man. it. The sports godfather. That's what he sounds like here on this Wednesday. I feel awful for you, Mark. It's so, kind yes. of an odd time. It's not like a it's not flu season, is it? I guess knock on wood, I shouldn't say that. Now we're all going to get flu. Like my wife's been coughing for a month. I feel oh, like it's boy. lingering for that's not good. a lot of people. Uh, of course, we love all of our listeners. So a shameless happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there and those choosing to celebrate in whatever way they deem necessary here <laughs> on this 4th. <laughs> 14th of February, we inch closer to the All-Star weekend, and yeah, I think a lot of people have asked, Andy, okay, you know, when does stuff kind of ramp up here? You know, tonight we do have the Sheldon Day event over at Hinkle Fieldhouse. That is something to keep an eye on. We had Sheldon Day, the Warren Central Notre Dame product, on our show a couple weeks ago, and Justin Jefferson, and Kenny Moore, and Terrell Owens, and Shaq Leonard, and a kind of a fun, again, very affordable Night over at Hinkle from a uh, NBA or I should say a basketball standpoint. So you can check that out. But really, as we get into tomorrow and especially Friday, you know, we have a full slate of NBA games tonight. We still have three NBA games tomorrow. So that's when things are really going to ramp up city wise here. Uh, in terms of All-Star Weekend. You're going to try to make it out to, to the Jelly Roll concert? Kevin Bowen going to be out hanging out with Zed at any point this weekend? Not sure if I will be front and center <laughs> at those concerts. Well, we- here's here's the question I have. You have, you have anniversary this weekend right on, right, on, right on top of Valentine's Day. Is that like the double whammy when the kids got the, the birthday right on top of Christmas and it's double present time or do you lump no, it all no, together? No, it is beautiful. You lump it all together so oh, you only yeah. have one obligation. This is I had never thought about it, but now celebrating my fifth wedding anniversary here on Friday. This well, good is for you. glorious. No, I, I could not encourage people more. Get married in mid-February. Oh, that's, Just a, that's as long great. as the weather cooperates. Well, that's what I thought when you said that yesterday. I'm thinking, okay, my man knew exactly what he was doing. No, Shout out to uh, Kevin yeah, Bowen. Not going to act like I had any intuition here. Fair enough. Moving forward. Uh, we will have Adrian Wojnarowski, the ESPN czar of the NBA, uh, he's going to join us coming up at 8.30. Again, we've mentioned this a couple of times uh, here uh, in looking ahead to the All-Star weekend, but tomorrow night at the Vogue, you're going to get Woj, 
you're going to get Tyrese Halliburton, and you're going to get Grant Hill. From what I've gathered, it's kind of a live airing of the Adrian Wojnarowski podcast. Right. Uh, Halliburton will certainly be a guest. Grant Hill, obviously Grant Hill's name speaks for itself. I think an interesting angle to this, Andy, is Grant Hill is the new leader of Team USA and putting together, helping to put together those teams moving forward. Of course, we've got the Olympics later this calendar year. Tyrese Halliburton has made it very clear he would like to be a part of that. Um, so I think a really cool experience. You know, people have asked me, hey, what is there outside of the immediate kind of downtown area? Well, again, tonight at Hinkle, you get that with the Sheldon Day celebrity basketball game. Up at the Vogue tomorrow night, you get that with Adrian Wojnarowski, Tyrese Halliburton, and Grant Hill as well. I believe some tickets still available on that, so we'll make sure to shoot out that link via our Twitter yeah, page. I think but. it's the Vogue.com, if I'm not mistaken, looking at it this morning. I think you Easy can go enough. there and get some tickets. So. Have you been to the That's Vogue pretty, yet? I, I have not been to the Vogue yet. I've, I've been by the Vogue. Some, uh, wee hours of the morning nights. I believe I've been to a way back Wednesday or two at the Vogue. Back a way in the back day. Wednesday? Uh-huh. So, okay. Uh, yeah, I the, like that. A, a little different atmosphere. Probably a different vibe. Yes. Grant, Grant Hill, the last time I was here was a way back Wednesday, and now I'm watching Grant Hill break down Team USA basketball. Well, that was one thing I was going to ask Woj when we had him on. I mean, doesn't it seem like, you know, Halliburton is going to be one of the next faces as kind of the old guard of, you know, LeBron and Kevin Durant and some of those guys? And some guys obviously don't play, but there is a passing of the torch, perhaps a little bit. And I think one of those guys who will help carry the torch perhaps uh, is going to be Halliburton so uh, yeah that's going to be a lot of fun my IG right now amongst other things obviously uh, is filled with like Drewski and other like kind of like Instagram be, be, for those yeah, it, curious about the Instagram acronym, by the celebrities uh, who are going to be all over town so there's tons going on uh, I can't wait like you said it's a Wednesday morning uh, we're one day closer so Woj going to join us uh, at 830 Mark Kestish here who will be on the call this weekend for ESPN Radio. A lot of those things you'll be able to hear right here on the fan. He'll join us at 9 o'clock. And then Nick Gardner, uh, analyst there for Butler Basketball, will join us at about 9.40. And that's probably, I mean, don't you think, uh, a great place to start. Last night, you know, Butler was so close. I, I didn't think they played that well. They couldn't make shots for periods of time. Uh, so they lose last night. I never know. Like, Butler is a bubblicious team, are they not? So, I never know a close loss to the number four team, a team that could be a one or a two seed in the upcoming NCAA I tournament. Game. Uh, I, I probably view it this, the same way. It's just, you get to a two-point game and then they bank a three in. You know, it's just BS yeah. like that. And then, you know, listen, the, I hate it for you, JMV, but, you know, last night, a huge shot to Indiana State being... Uh, being an at-large team in the NCAA tournament, uh, you know, losing to a team under 500 and losing by what they lose by 12, 13 points. I think it was 13. Yeah, it was 13, final. 80, yeah. 67. So it's not like you lost on a half court banked in three. That is not the case. An ugly loss trailed almost the entire game. Uh, did Indiana State and probably an at-large bid. Uh, boy, I tell you, if you thought it was, I don't know what you thought it was yesterday, if it was 60%, 75%, something like that, boy, it's probably under 10% right now. Yeah, yesterday I'm sitting there in our living room and uh, Max Bowen's favorite toy right now is a balloon. He's fascinated by how the gravity works with a balloon. And next thing you know, he starts rolling on the balloon and I'm thinking this is probably not going to end well. And sure enough, <laughs> That balloon pops. Did it scare uh, him? Max, uh, slightly scared. Yeah, a little bit sure. more scared than the first time we re reacted to his helmet picks. 
And in a very fitting metaphor, I'm thinking, was that the at-large hopes of Indiana State last night? And because, Andy, I think if our listeners recall my thoughts, I've been pretty bullish on Indiana State being in good shape with a loss. Now, the caveat that I've thrown in there with that loss is this. I've kind of viewed it as if you lose in the semifinals of the Missouri Valley Tournament, if you lose in the finals of the Missouri Valley Tournament, Andy, you know this because you're a bubble nerd like myself, that loss is a neutral court against a team in the 60, 70, maybe 100 range of the net. Sure. Not the end of the world. Illinois State stinks. They are a quad four team. They rank 215 in the net and margin of victory. It matters. Kind of a sneaky thing. It does. It is something that matters. So they lost by 13 on their home floor. Yep. So when you add up the uh, the quadruple whamminess of the loss, you know, Butler, again, to me, that's a house money game against the fourth team in the land. That, that does not hurt your resume at all. You lose at home. You lose by 13. You lose to a team that's quad four. If I'm not mistaken, I think Illinois State had several of their like notable guys out due to injury as well. Not good. Um, on any front with that. And when you're a mid-major team, you don't need to give the committee any reason to be skeptical of you. Indiana State had kind of played with fire in a few of these games here recently, and they certainly got burned. To your point, uh, by the way, I listened to Brendan King on the call. Outstanding job. I didn't know if we had the Brendan King curse uh, from the call last night, (laughs) but him and Matt Wren did a great job. Uh, Their first lead of the game came at 9.30 to go in the game, and it's one of those moments where the Holman Center erupts, and it's like, finally is the feeling right. I got from you know, sitting on the couch watching it, listening to it, and boom, Illinois State answered it so quickly and built that lead right back up, and Indiana State couldn't make the plays down the stretch. So, man, talk about you can't have nice things. So much for that ranking lasting more than one week. Uh, it, it was It was sick. How they just got ranked, and it's like you couldn't give them a week. PTI right? you, you segment couldn't. yesterday, Sports Center. I know. With Listen, Seth I know. I know. I, I, do you scrap the college well, game day segment they, on Saturday? You know, college game day was going to probably have a couple minutes of some sort of a you know a segment. I don't know. I don't know what you do. You know, you know, college football is a thing called game control, and there wasn't much game control from Indiana State uh, last night. And you know what's? I don't know if what, that at large bubble. Totally burst. I, I don't know if I can say that just yet. I'm pretty low on it. But man, uh, it's pretty so low. So much man. air. Yeah. So much air came out of it. It's it's under ten percent. Whatever it is, uh, and it might be even lower than that. And what you know what I always think, even looking at last night. So you know, last night, if you just go and and obviously nobody went and watched all of these games, but you know, for instance, Pittsburgh goes into Virginia, and Virginia's number twenty-one in the country. And Virginia, the last couple of weeks, has went from eh, a bubble team, a team probably not in the tournament, to now you know safely in the tournament, worrying about their seed. How high can they can they go um, on their seed? Oklahoma lost last night, and North Carolina, who you know I have said I thought at one point maybe the third best team behind UConn and Purdue, excuse me, Purdue and UConn um, in the entire country, you know, they lose as well. And Syracuse led large parts of that game at the Dome. And the, the only reason I bring it up is those teams, even Wisconsin, 
who lost four in a row. I saw, you know, DeCourcy still had him as like a seven seed. The reason I bring it up is, KB, those teams can, you know, the power five slash six, they can lose games now, especially road games, okay? They can lose games, and it doesn't hurt them that bad because of the time where it is, you know, the time it is in college basketball. That's the thing with a team like Indiana State. They, they they can't afford that. They, they, well, they're, they not, they're, have, not, they're not playing by the same rules. They're they, not. Yeah, and they don't have even the, boy, remember in November when they beat insert top 25 team here. They just don't have that on their resume. Um, and again, they weren't afforded a ton of opportunities at that. But, you know, Alabama, unfortunately, they didn't get Michigan State. They didn't get... Uh, even at Drake, you know, w- would have been something you know nice on their resume as well. They just don't have enough of the good. And again, you get very skeptical with mid-major team. That, that that's how the committee treats them, yeah. right or wrong. Yeah. That's just it's how. Not the, again, it's not the same rules. Wisconsin can lose four in a row and still be a seven seed in the tournament right now. Right. And again, Wisconsin will get a chance in Mackey to close out the season. You know, Indiana State's got none of that really the rest of the way. Um, they are still one game up in the Missouri Valley. It's important for them to continue to try and win the regular season and get that one seed for the tournament there. But bad loss in Terre Haute last night for the Sycamores. You know, to me, Butler-Marquette, it, it felt like a uh, it felt like a 2-7 matchup in the second round to me. It felt like a 2-10 matchup. I agree. In the second yeah, round. I agree. Uh, Finley Bizjack, the great hair for the freshman. He was outstanding in the second half. I do think Butler at times has been looking for somebody kind of off the bench to emerge in a decently consistent role. That'll be interesting to see if they've kind of awakened that out of the freshman. He was huge, uh, and I thought pretty fearless. But Tyler Kolek, too many big plays. You mentioned the banked-in three by Jones there late. That was kind of a dagger um, for Butler there as they tried to make a late flurry, similar to that Providence game. But Nick Gardner, uh, play-by-play, or color voice, I should say, of the dogs. Him and Mark Menner do a great job. He's going to join us coming up. To round out the show. Yeah, just quickly, Posh Alexander, since coming back, you know, from that injury, the last three games, they're one and two. You know, he's seven of twenty-five from the field. I'm just I'm not picking on him. I'm just using him uh kind of as an example that Butler wasn't and Matt uh Thad Matta talked about it, talked about it after the game. They just weren't clicking, they just weren't making shots last night, but it's almost like a little bit like the Pacer game. You get down to the final couple minutes and you're down two, right? After as bad as you've played, you've made kind of the run. Hinkle's going crazy. Uh it did not happen. I don't think that hurts him, but boy, they could use a win over Creighton on Saturday. Yeah, Creighton, that'd be a at- nice win. Creighton at home. Again, now they're reaching kind of the back end of this gauntlet that they've had here. It's at Villanova, I want to say, upcoming as well. So still certainly some opportunities for Butler to continue to pad that resume as we reach the midway point here of February. Tonight, north of the border, it's a 7.30 tip, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Boy, you want to talk about a team crawling to the All-Star break? I would think that's a pretty accurate way to describe the Pacers right now. We'll see the emotions for Pascal Siakam. In his return game to uh, Toronto, I guess in far different emotional states, uh, Jordan Wara, right? Bruce Brown, right? <laughs> Seeing their former Pacer great, teams. Bruce Brown. Sure, <laughs> exactly on that end. Do you come down on the emotions means he scores 16 nah, points or he scores 36 points? I'd, yeah. Because I don't know. I'm just asking. Again, Siakam's <laughs> probably pretty low on my list of worries right uh, yeah, now yeah. for the Pacers. I would agree. Even though they have been under 500 since that trade, I, I think it would be naive to act like he has been a huge issue in this clunkiness over the past month. But boy, you, you just, just get a win and reset. Get a win and get to the break. And, and just 
somehow regroup, you know, get Matherin healthy, get Jalen Smith healthy, whoever else kind of falls into that category. Uh, it is an important time to reset here for the Pacers. One final game, though, before the All-Star break. And again, Toronto, they've been one of the biggest disappointments in the league this season. They've lost 15 of 19 games this year, the Raptors. So the Pacers, a three-and-a-half point favorite in that one. Yeah, and no surprise. We heard yesterday Carlisle told us Jalen Smith will be out for tonight's game. The back spasms. Uh, going back and listening to Carlisle on with us. Again, you go to 1075thefan.com if you want to check out the podcast center there. You know, he made it sound like Jalen Smith needs these six, seven days, right? He needs this week off. And then when they come back from the All-Star break, you know, Carlisle said he might have to miss another game or two. We don't know Yeah, that was uh, with, weird. The, with the back spasms. So we're talking about an injury that's lingering here what like three weeks you know I've potentially got a lower back issue right now yeah I've what's going on my, with um, you thermo uh, thermomax if i'm reading this correctly i put this thing in the microwave heated up and sure i think it's done nothing to my back <laughs> you think well, jalen smith I, and i are under the same treatments <laughs> you think he went to cvs yeah, and got this yeah, mark i know you can't talk but yesterday i should have brought it up organically i did see you reach behind and i know and, the uh, youtube audience probably a little awkward there what i was doing <laughs> I wasn't sure i was like oh, he's got a heating pad on his back was that from lifting kids because now that we have Mason, you know, I'm thinking, now I understand why parents have achy arms, shoulders, and lower backs. Yeah, I had to pick up our nephew from daycare as well yesterday, and I just looked at him. I'm like, Luke, man, I'm sorry, dude. I, <laughs> you got to walk this one yeah, out, brother. Yeah, you got to walk. And luckily, um, the you know strong little kid that he is, he was able to uh, to walk a little bit there. So, yeah, him and Matt, I'm making the two 16-month-olds, yeah. 17-month-olds walk to the car yesterday. D- just quickly, right now, right now I'm looking at ESPN.com, Halliburton and Matherin game-time decision. So Halliburton's been a game-time decision uh, for many games, but we know, and we'll play the sound as we go today, you know, Matherin, they're worried about right knee his... Bruise, right knee bruise, right? We're worried about his health. I mean, Carlisle talked about that. Uh, as for uh, the Raptors, it looks like R.J. Barrett also will be questionable going into tonight's game. We are two weeks away from the NFL Combine on top of the All-Star game. Uh, that is right around the corner. Interesting list yesterday revealed for that. We'll share those numbers. Get Anthony Richardson back to throwing about four months removed from his right shoulder surgery. So a few Colts items to touch on as well. Adrian Wojnarowski, the ESPN GOAT. He joins us coming up at 8.30, Mark Kestesher to talk a little bit hoops as well at 9 and some Butler chatter with Nick Gardner at 9.40. We'll continue to give away our pair of tickets to Dave Matthews in late June and that Cluster Truck gift card, 25 bucks on today's pop quiz. Good Wednesday morning to you. Our love is endless to you for you guys tuning in to the wake-up call here on this Valentine's Day. It is 93.5107.5 The Fan, Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, and a voice... The Morning Checkdown, brought to you by the Barbasol Horizon League Basketball Championships. March starts here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, March 11th and 12th. All right, your morning check down. Reminder, Adrian Wojnarowski going to join us coming up at about 8.30. Mark Kestis here from ESPN Radio. He'll be calling all the festivities in Indy this weekend. He'll join us at 9. All right, let's start in Hinkle last night. Uh, we'll see how much this affects in a few hours whenever the net rankings do update uh, for the NCAA tournament. Marquette over Butler, uh, 78-72. Butler now 16-9 and on the season. Postgame head coach Thad Mata on the loss. We've got to learn from this game. We, we weren't 
weren't very good in the first half. I mean, nine turnovers, we were we were sloppy, and, and I think that was the difference. You know, we had one of those nights where we, we couldn't make shots, and, and I thought we had some really good looks at the basket. They wouldn't go in, but we've got another tr- quick turnaround. We got, we got another... <laughs> Another Big East team uh, on Saturday at noon, and you know we've we've got to continue to find ways to get better. And, and I'm challenging these guys. It's February. I, I don't care. We we, you know, you, you can't slow down. You got to keep coming in every day, going to work, and getting better. And, and that's what we got to do. Marquette's a Final Four caliber team. There's no questioning that. That's now eight straight wins, five away from home. Uh, they flashed up their margin of victory too. It was 14 points in the win streak. Seven games heading into last night. They win by six. Do you think if you're Butler and you're Thad Mata, you got to feel good about what you got from Finley Bizjack, the freshman there? <laughs> he was um, fun. Much more than just a sharpshooter. I remember going to their practice before the season started and being like, yeah, he's our sharpshooter. You know, he's going to come off the bench, provide a spark. There's much more to his game than just that. He showed it last night. Uh, but again, uh, home to Creighton coming up on Saturday. We'll give a four pack away to that coming up here later in the week. All right, last night in Terre Haute, boy, just a crushing, crushing loss uh, for the Sycamores and their bubble hopes. Favored by, what, 18, 17 and a half? Forget what the final number was. They lose 80 to 67. They are down for the first 30 minutes of the game. Actually took their first lead just after the 10-minute mark of the second half, and Illinois State answered right away. What is particularly damaging about this loss, there's probably about four items on that list. It came at home. It came by double digits. It came to an awful team missing its best players. Like when you add up all that, <laughs> just, it, like this is just—it wasn't a fluke, man. They just got beat. They got beat up for forty minutes. They this did. Is just very damaging to at-large hopes. At this point, uh, you better win the Missouri Valley tournament again. We'll see where you bring up the net rankings. They were twentieth heading into last night. That's a great number. How far will they drop in that? The unfortunate nature. To Indiana State and the rest of their season, there's just not a lot of substance left on the resume to, you know, kind of bolster that. So, again, I don't think it's absolutely extinct, the at-large hopes, but considering how bid stealing goes and how the high major teams have opportunities to, you know, improve their own resumes the rest of the way, uh, a ton of air out of that balloon for the Sycamores. They were 8 of 38 from behind the arc last night. That's one of the best three-point shooting teams in all of college basketball. Granted, Illinois State was four of sixteen. It's not like they came into your building and hit twelve well, threes. It, on it you. reminds me of the Pacers the other night, right? They lost sure. to the Hornets, and it wasn't because Brandon Miller had forty five points or the Hornets, you know, shot eighty percent from three point range. It was none of that. Thirty last night for yeah, Illinois did. State, but yeah, it's not Kinzinger, like a, yeah, yeah, ton of three pointers made there. So. Uh, speaking of them, they do have one quad two opportunity. Southern Illinois, that's on the road. We talked about that game yesterday. That's on Saturday uh, because. Because it's a road game, that is a quad two opportunity. They might get a quad two, perhaps if they face the right teams. Maybe there's a quad one left, but you're probably looking at two quad twos and perhaps one, maybe one quad one deep uh, in the conference tournament left for Indiana the State. Issue. That's like, the best. Okay, I'm not saying Butler and Indiana State are the perfect case studies for bubble teams, but Butler is going to walk into mid March with a lot of quad one and quad two wins. And they and honestly, Butler doesn't really have a bad loss either. Indiana State's going to walk into mid March, present their resume, and say, "Well, we don't have a lot of great wins." And that's part of being a mid major, to be fair. But it still, is. some of the mid majors, you got to steal one of those in November. But on the flip side of it, now they've got the really bad loss, and I think that is what 
is going to be difficult to overcome here if they're unable to win the MoVal tournament. All right, north of the border tonight, three-and-a-half-point favorites, the Pacers over the Raptors. Again, Toronto, not good. They've lost 15 of 19. (laughs) How about this for present-day NBA teams? Andy, they haven't eclipsed 100 points in their last two outings. Yeah, I'm seeing that. 99 and 95, respectively. No, you don't see that very often. Today's NBA. I assume a lot of cheers for Pascal Siakam tonight. Wasn't that the vibe we kind of got from his exit in Toronto there? Bruce Brown has been coming off the bench for the Raptors. uh, Nine points, about a handful of rebounds a game. You happen to see who Toronto's leading scorer was last time out? Oh, goodness. Uh, Jeff Green. This was, uh, Jeff Green. <laughs> Isn't he on the team? I thought he's on. Je- Jeff Green's on the team, is he I not? I feel like he just played against the Pacers in <laughs> his 13th NBA stop. This was a guy that I felt like Pacers fans wanted no part of drafting. Okay, tell me. I have no idea. Grady Dick. Grady Dick. Ah, the Kansas great. Okay. Is that, I mean, again, that's a great spring break jersey. Grady Dick, Kansas Jersey. Sure. Yeah. For many reasons there. Yeah. I'm sure that's exactly what well, Pacer I'm picturing fans. Tom Coverdale's friends in Noblesville wearing that back in the day. Pacer Woo! fans, listen, my man's lived with that name his entire life. He went to Kansas and was a star. And damn it, KB's on an NBA team. So the jump's on you. Mrs. Dick uh, drawing some eyes sure. during the NBA draft, if I remember correctly. I think I do remember that. There. So again, Pacers' final game for the All Star break 30 and 25 on the year. And boy, guys, I hate to bring up this other basketball note, but we did have this question on the pop quiz. You know, what's what's the game we're all on tonight? <sighs> we, had, we had this on the pop quiz. Oh, come on now. I, I phased the pop quiz out after our 1806 and everything else. Uh, da, 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 da. I don't know. What game are we looking at tonight? Winless Detroit. Oh, yeah. Taking on the Jag Wires of Indiana State. Boys, I've got bad news for you. <laughs> Okay. Have you seen the line on this game? I have not seen the line. Again, uh, Detroit uh, is, is what, 0 in, and 26, yeah, 0 in 26 on the season. IUPY is six and twenty. Oh boy, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Detroit's favored. Our Jags, two and a half. Our Jags are five and a half point underdogs. Oh boy, five and a half. Five wow. and a half. Did we not make midterms? <laughs> what, what what happened here? Five and a half. Oh my God, where are we sprinkling that? Uh, I think. Do we go for the winless Titans? Huh. Are we supporting know. local? I think we support local, but I might, I might, you know, I might drop some cash on other games other than two teams I haven't really seen play. I haven't seen anything from Detroit. The Fighting Rake Cross getting five and a half against the zero twenty six Detroit Titans tonight in Detroit. Uh, any other items of note for you? No, I mean the games that mattered last night. Creighton beat Georgetown. I know Butler's watching games like that. Wisconsin did beat. Uh, um, uh, Wisconsin beat Ohio State. Not they much play needed well for the Badgers. Uh, Syracuse upset North Carolina. Kentucky beat Ole Miss. The reason I bring that one up: Ole Miss very much. We should do this every day, probably. Ole Miss very much uh, is is a bubble team. So again, I don't know how much going on the road, losing to twelve by a struggling Kentucky team, but a top twenty-five Kentucky team will affect them. But they are a bubble team, and they did take a loss yesterday. A couple of random Colts items. They will be looking for a new leader of their strength and conditioning program. That was announced yesterday. Rusty Jones retiring after a long, long run in the NFL. That was a big Chris Ballard hire. He wanted to overhaul strength, conditioning, nutrition, all of that early in his tenure. So Rusty Jones hanging it up after more than 30 years in the NFL. And we had Sheldon Day on a few weeks ago. He's got an event tonight at Hinkle Fieldhouse. For those looking for an early All-Star Weekend event, affordable All-Star Weekend event, tonight at Hinkle. A variety of celebrities there. Justin Jefferson, I think he'll get a gritty or two. 
out of him. Uh, Terrell Owens, Kenny Moore, Shaq Leonard, so some local flavor as well. They're doing kind of a dunk contest, skills competition, three-point shootout uh, over at Hinkle, I believe, 6 to 9 p.m. for those looking to check out something uh, here as we get into All-Star Weekend. All right, on the other side, some good visuals from Anthony Richardson yesterday. There's one more Hall of Fame item I want to get to. I could not disagree with one Hall of Fame voter more in describing a little bit of why Reggie Wayne did not make it. We'll share that as well. It is the wake-up call. Thank you for spending this day of love with us, Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, and a voiceless Mark Dyke. Hello, ladies. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I love it, Mark Titan. No voice is not stopping Mark Titan from do, great. Do you know what that is? Love I don't think you. I don't, I don't think you should know. I don't think that's up your alley. It's oh. unfortunately up my alley. Do you know what that is? No. That, uh, it's a wrestler by the name of Val Venus. And his entire uh, maybe, sounds like an adult uh, film well, star. That that that's exactly what it was. Val Venus and his whole thing was he was a great Mark's smile right he, now is as wide as four sixty five. He was a, he was a great love maker. That that's that was the entire shtick. Do we need to get Marcus Freeman him. back on to talk wrestling here? <laughs> Different kind of wrestling, uh, but yeah, Val Venus. Uh, you'll get go to YouTube. You'll get lost in some uh, in some. And some things you probably wouldn't be able to do on USA Network anymore on cable television. <laughs> should I do that on the work Wi-Fi or should I wait till I get home I and mean, do that? Maybe, here? I mean, it's not that bad, but yeah, you know. Maybe Mark Dykton, this is Wi-Fi. one of Mark's days of the year, it, frankly. Oh, is it? I didn't and, know that. And, no, he will be outstanding with, re, with re-entries, as he always is. But all morning long, unfortunately, Mark battled a little voice issue here <laughs> on this Wednesday well, morning. Plus, on Valentine's Day, Mark doesn't have to have a conversation with his wife. Hey, so he's in a great, the great... He's got it better than him. Nobody right now. Yeah. Now, 
Uh, shout out to everybody. Happy Valentine's Day here on this Wednesday, the 14th of February. Adrian Wojnarowski going to join us here. Fun all-star event tomorrow night at the Vogue with Tyrese Halliburton and Grant Hill. So we'll chat with Woj about that coming up at 8.30, among other things there. Again, All-Star Weekend really going to begin a lot more from an event standpoint as we get to Friday. A few items tonight, a few tomorrow, uh, but we still have a full slate of NBA games tonight uh, and also three of them tomorrow before Indy really takes over starting on Friday. All right, so you had some issues here. Uh, let's get them going. You you had, you had saw something in The Athletic that you disagreed with. Strongly. A- a- and, and I should say... Uh, we have some leftover nuggets for the Hall of Fame. Obviously, Reggie Wayne did not make it. Dwight Freeney did. We talked a lot last week uh, about that. So I want you to get to both of those things. And then on top of it, yesterday, the agent to Anthony Richardson, you know, we've been hearing uh, he's close to throwing, he's close to throwing. Uh, and so, you know, I don't know, what was it, about 10, 15 second video or so of Anthony Richardson uh, throwing a couple passes after that shoulder injury. Supposedly, he's a about six weeks-ish ahead of schedule. I guess some of the stuff was, you know, they had to kind of pull him back a little bit. We're not going to do uh, do too much. But, you know, this week does start the beginning of Anthony Richardson throwing a football, and that's a good thing. One item on that. I've got scar tissue from Andrew Luck. I don't care if he's ahead of schedule. Don't treat him like he's ahead of schedule. You know, that always gets, I'm like, that always makes we're people happy. We're talking about the right shoulder of your franchise well, quarterback. it's also February. The Super Bowl just happened. So you have, you know, all of February, March, April, May, June, July, and into August before we need you to throw a football. We are three months away from the first, like, ideal world he'd be throwing with his guys. Seven on seven, 11, you know, three months. Mid-May is when you ramp up. OTAs, 7-on-7, seven 11-on-11 seven, 11 11 aspect to the offseason. Again, for me, that's where I'm at. Sure, it's nice to see the video yesterday that Derek Jackson, his agent, tweeted out. Uh, I, I, I retweeted it for those that might have missed it. Uh, but this is kind of on target of what Richardson has said publicly. Uh, you know, 16 weeks post-surgery, um, he, you know, kind of right around you know, mid-February is where he thought, or when he thought he'd start his throwing again. Um I guess kind of playing off Richardson a little bit. Yeah, I, I thought there was a tweet from former NFL GM Randy Mueller that I just could not disagree with more in saying this yesterday, exiting the Super Bowl. He shares this. He goes, the Chiefs are now the poster child for not paying a wideout. Will other teams adopt and tamp down values of this year's mediocre group of free agent wideouts? Hmm. Well, I mean, I mean, you agree on the back? Do you agree on the back end that, that, that I, I the guess free agent it's a class mediocre group of you know wideouts? I, I I don't know. I mean, but Pitt, those guys never hit the market as a true free agent. You know, it's Pittman, very Calvin rare. Ridley, Mike Evans, T. Higgins. I don't know. It, to me, it's not a horrible group. Now, again, to your point, do they get all the way there? Yeah, a lot. A lot of guys How many of them don't. get franchise tags? Sure. How many of them get re-signed? But the basis of the or the premise of the uh, of the tweet in general, I just think it's idiotic. Uh, where's the context? The Chiefs have. In my opinion, the greatest quarterback of all time. In my opinion, the greatest tight end of all time. You don't think that helps them in creating a Super Bowl caliber team? They had one of the better defenses in the NFL this season. And they have a Hall of Fame level defensive coordinator as well. And a Hall of Fame coach. Right. And again, like, okay, Kansas City, they are almost just like an outlier in every sort of comparable thing you do with NFL teams. Let's put Kansas City to the side, Andy, okay? 
And let's look at the other teams that have either gotten to the Super Bowl or won a Super Bowl or whatever, played in it in recent years, okay? Hell, just look at the team that competed yeah. against Kansas City on Sunday night. San Francisco, okay? Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Pretty good. That's pretty good there? Okay, not to mention George Kittle. Uh, how about Philadelphia? You don't think A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith's a pretty good well, duo? It's not, it's not even that. It's the high drafting of Devontae Smith, a top 10 pick. And then it's, hey, and you talked about this yesterday. Hey, that's not quite good enough. Let's go get A.J. Brown. And the second they got A.J. Brown, they were a Super Bowl contender. And Jalen Hurts sure looked a hell of a lot better, did he not? Remind me again it of those. changed everything. Remind me again of those Rams and Bengals wideouts when they faced off in the Super Bowl of Chase and Higgins and Boyd and Beckham and Cup. Uh, you want to go back a little bit further? What Tom Brady had in Tampa, a very prime Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You know, again, like I just think that is such a a lazy comment to all of a sudden act like Kansas City should be the poster child of not paying a wideout. Okay, you're going to give me Patrick Mahomes to (laughs) offset the Kadarius Tonys and the Valdez Scantlings of the world. And to be fair, that wideout group. Andy, they were better in the postseason than they had. There was not the abundance of drops we saw in the regular season. So I just thought when you couple Mahomes and you couple Kelsey, it's just such an idiotic statement um, from that. There's also one other Super Bowl item that I want to note that I think applies to the Colts. It's not the deadline for this decision is not going to come for a couple of months. That's quitty pay in early May when you have to make the uh, fifth year team option decision on him. But you walk away from the Super Bowl, and in two months or whatever, Andy, you could go back and look at that box score, and you could see Chris Jones and Nick Bosa had no sacks in that game. And again, like a lazy thought would be, oh man, they didn't yeah, they really did, impact they didn't do anything. the game right. for anyone that watched it. That could have been MVP. I mean, both Bosa of them shortlist MVP. Yeah. were outstanding in creating pressure at various parts of the game. They had uh, several quarterback hits. That's what I get at with a little bit of the pay thing is like, okay, the sacks is not the end-all be-all. It, it's some of the consistent pressure, so... Boy, Randy Mueller, yeah, ex NFL GM. Uh, I expect a lot better there. That that that, that to me is just such well, a lazy. Well, comment. think about this for a second. I mean, there's a number of things with this, but think about it. The entire conversation all year with the Chiefs has been the lack of wide of, of quality wide yeah, receivers. Holding them back. I, I mean, it's it's been the conversation piece of why they struggled at large parts of the season. It has been the conversation piece. How many games, KB, did you see a frustrated Patrick Mahomes leaving the field? And he was doing so not because of the left guard, not because of Kelsey, not because of Jarek McKinnon. He was doing so because a wide receiver was running the wrong route, was dropping the football, whatever it was. And, you know, it's disingenuous. They tried. You know, they, yes, they got, yes, they moved Tyree Kill, but they thought they would be able to replace Tyree Kill. You know, they spent, was it a late first rounder on Sky Moore? He was a high draft pick. Yeah, they, second, second uh, rounder. Oh, was yeah. it a second rounder? Yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't remember if he was late first or, or was into the second. I mean, Sky Moore was a guy they thought was going to be a good receiver, and they traded for Kadarius Tony. I mean, they tried with Kadarius Tony. They tried with uh, Sky Moore. And just to add to, or 
or if I guess if I'm battling uh, Mueller's point would be, you know, Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati, along with now T. Higgins, they're leaving the Bengals. So next year, I am interested in, A, how much Cincinnati kind of replenishes that. But not, but not only that, if they struggle, especially early on in the season, and people are like, wow, what do you expect? You lost, you know, Tyler Boyd, who was a nice, you know, inside receiver. You lost T. Higgins, uh, who, who went, you know, to fill in the team on a big-time deal. The last thing I would say on this, and this is – this is the it thing to do, and we've done this with running backs, and I don't think Mueller's going to get away with it on wide receivers, is we if a team wins the Super Bowl or is very good without a particular position maybe being uber strong, we act like there are all of these positions that just don't matter. We've done it with running back. Ah, running back doesn't matter. Yeah, just throw anybody yeah, in there. Yeah, but I think he there's a little that. bit more context well, with I, running back, I, I, or there's more realistic no, but examples. But what I'm saying is he's going to try that with the wide receiver position. Yeah, I don't no, think we're going to no. buy that. But, I mean, that's the thing. Ah, this Do we not look at matter. the other teams that have made the Super Listen, Bowl recently? The, the, the best example is A.J. Brown. The best example is what A.J. Brown meant to that offense the second he went to Philadelphia. And and it got John Robinson fired in Tennessee. It 100% got him fired. Making that move, their offense hits the skids, and the Eagles become one of the better off. Ask Shane Steichen what the addition of A.J. Brown meant. Two weeks from today, NFL Combine really will ramp up here. We'll be down there, of course, broadcasting live from the convention center. Yesterday, the list was announced 321 prospects from a local angle, uh, eight from the team up in South Bend, Avon's Blake Fisher, if you want to narrow it down to even a more local angle. You have Tyrone Tracy, Decatur Central product, the lone Purdue rep, the lone IU rep is Aaron Casey, who really had a very nice season for the Hoosiers, a linebacker there. Um, I saw Max Olson tweeted out these numbers, just astonishing, of the 321 prospects, Andy 35% of them are transfers. 35%? 35%. How yeah, about that, that 79% of the quarterbacks transfers? 11 of the 14 quarterbacks. No other position was over 50%. Quarterbacks, 79%. And I'm always a bit torn on this because the Colts have obviously drafted guys that have transferred over the years. I'm always torn on how NFL evaluators look at it and again, I think each case has got to be viewed individually. But if you're Chris Ballard and company, do you view it as, hey, that guy has battled adversity. You know, that guy was dealt, you know, it didn't work out for him at the previous stop. But you know what? Uh, like Will Levis, you know, it didn't work out at Penn State. But then all of a sudden he transferred to the SEC. He wasn't afraid of the SEC. He went there and, you know, obviously had a better career than he did at Penn State. Or do you look at it and say, no, he was scared and he ran. And at the first sign of adversity, he didn't want to stick it out and, you know, really work hard at it. Uh, I know those are two very ends of the spectrum takes there, but that's always something that I'm interested in of, you know, how NFL teams view the transfer label. Because right now, I mean, hell, one third of your prospects that you're going to look at in the combine have that label too. Oh, I, I don't think they have a I don't think they have a choice, do they? <laughs> you gotta bend the knee to the transfer portal. Just right, a right, little right. bit. But again, do you view that positively uh, or negatively? Yeah, I I, I would imagine I, for me it doesn't Because adversity happens in the NFL, obviously. It does. Who who are the guys that did not transfer? So Caleb Williams did not transfer, right? Drake May, North Carolina. No, 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 Caleb Williams did. Why am I blank? Oh Caleb absolutely he went from Oklahoma to USC. Um JJ McCarthy did not transfer 
in his college career, and Drake May did not transfer in his college career, and I believe did Austin Reed at Western Kentucky. That would be the other one. There's three that did not transfer, though, because you know Tra- Jordan Travis did, Spencer Rattler did. Obviously Penix. Uh, Penix did, Bo Nix did, Joe Milton did, Devin Leary did, going from NC State to Kentucky. Your boy Sam Hartman. Yeah, by the way, this is the new quarterback trend. Yeah, like it's it is the NIL money's the most. Like I, I I totally get it, and I'm not. I I don't sit here like you know old man get off my lawn because I do think there are some individual cases where it makes sense, and you know for a lot of these guys, it's not like they didn't have great success at the first stop. It's more of just oh wait, I had really good success. Now I can turn that into something even more. You know, again, for Hartman, it didn't work out, but, you know, they view it as, oh, boy, I've got a chance to be in a sort of playoff type of contending team. Penix, of course, he's a good good example. He probably, you know, felt like, hey, I've kind of, I'm not playing in A, an NFL style offense at Wake Forest, and it's Wake Forest, and I've hit hit my level. Now I can jump in these big time programs like a Notre Dame. They want somebody like that. And again, Penix is like, wait, I'm getting killed in Bloomington? Like, literally, I mean, why would I continue to play behind this offensive line. Some injuries, of course, certainly played. Boy, a, a lot of these that. guys, it worked out. I, I mean, a lot of them, it worked out. I don't know if you'd say Hartman worked out. I mean, Caleb Williams, it didn't work out this year, but he won the Heisman Trophy. He's going to be sure. the number one pick sure. in the draft. A uh, little bit more football conversation we'll probably get to uh, later in the show. Again, Adrian Wojnarowski going to join us in a half hour. We'll talk about his event with All-Star Weekend with Tyrese Halliburton coming up tomorrow night and some NBA topics as well. And we'll get back to the hoops from a local angle. Unfortunately, ugly one in Terre Haute last night. Butler playing with a little bit of house money. How do you view that? We'll chat about that on the other side. It is the wake-up call with KB and Andy on a Valentine's Day Wednesday. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hour number two, broadcasting live from the drivehubler.com studios. KB and Andy, it's a wake-up call. Mark Dighton has lost his voice, so we feel bad for him. Uh, KB's got a bad back, so we're struggling here. Uh, Happy Valentine's morning. Day. Happy Valentine's yeah. Day. Adrian Wojnarowski will join us coming up uh, in about a half an hour. I will say for Valentine's Day, the um, the the marketing around Galentine's Day, I thought this year really stepped up its game now to create another day well i used to be just single ladies went out but now it's single and sang you know, a beyonce it, song yes, i do think that's a great song single and married ladies are all going out last night so it's you know it's the double whammy it's well, the, you got love with two friends days. and all the love the merrier <laughs> by the it, way did you see this woge bomb we got asked no about? Go, go ahead again woge joining us in a half an hour you read Man. this to me during the break this is a haymaker Oh, okay. This is Adrian Wojnarowski here. In the last what five minutes, he tweets this out over a 24-hour window prior to the trade deadline that included owner-to-owner combos 
The Warriors made an unsuccessful bid to convince the Lakers and LeBron to consider a trade to pair him with Steph Curry. Wow. That is Adrian Wojnarowski (laughs) here in the last few minutes. Now, remember, Andy, the trade deadline occurred last Thursday, and Steph Curry was in the building. Can you imagine the... I mean, the night was already crazy, just Steph in general, and he was uh, unbelievably good in that game. But boy, uh, quite the news item there. Again, uh, Woj and Tyrese Halliburton having an event at the Vogue tomorrow night. I've spent a few way back Wednesdays looking for love at the Vogue. I'll be fully honest with you. <laughs> well, the co- and it has to use a word that Woj used in that tweet, unsuccessfully. Unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. Unsuccessful. You tried over a 24-hour period. My thing would be this. Who were they trying to convince? It's both, but who who were they really trying to convince? So, like, you know, Bronny goes to USC. So, even though it's all in California, LeBron is right there with Bronny. Plus, yeah, but we only got I, a month left of Bronny's season if he and, goes to the I, draft. And I wonder as well, listen, I this is probably not, but I just wonder, since we don't know, we'll ask Woj in 25 minutes, that, you know, LeBron, every move he makes, he gets criticized, right? Uh, and, I, and I wonder if he just didn't want to hear the criticism in some sort of way or if it was L.A. saying, listen, if we do this, we are waving the white flag and we are starting over. And maybe, you know, we think we get to the playoffs and we can do something with our roster. But uh, either LeBron way, it's a haymaker. have like a cryptic hourglass oh, yeah. emoji tweet last week? Am he, I imagining he, com- he complained, which is... But they didn't do anything. They right? didn't do anything at the you, deadline. Usually, when LeBron starts sending out those overtures, he wants something. Uh, he needs an improved team. There is something he is unhappy with. But they didn't do anything. And you know, for the most part, Golden State. You know, we talked last week about Andrew Wiggins. We spent an hour talking about Andrew Wiggins, uh, and that ultimately did not happen. So Woj coming up at eight thirty. Mark Kestis here, ESPN Radio. He'll be calling all the events this weekend. You can hear most of them. Uh, per ESPN Radio right here on The Fan. He'll join us at 9 o'clock. Can I, just to tie it back to Indiana State and Butler and, and the conversation, the college basketball conversation that we had. Yesterday, I saw this, uh, and this was this was from Ross Dellinger, who now works at Yahoo Sports. And Ross is, for people that may not know, Ross is as tied in, used to work at SI and a you know, bunch of different places. He is as tied in to the college game, especially leaders in college athletics like Greg Sankey, uh, like those in the Big Ten, and especially football. He is very tied into all of this. Uh, And he called yesterday the expansion of the NCAA tournament inevitable. I'm sure you and Jake probably had this conversation at some point uh, on the morning show. Uh, And, you know, right now, it's going to happen. It's a matter of when. Do they want to tackle college football playoff stuff? Uh, not only expansion as we see it go to 12 teams, but how they're going, you know, what model are they going to use uh, so the big boys get even more teams, in my opinion, even more teams into the college football playoff. So they, the leaders in college athletics are meeting, especially SEC and Big Ten, are meeting to, you know, maybe Big 12 are meeting to figure that out here over the next few weeks. And I think once they get that done, KB, they're going to go pick on the NCAA tournament. Now, there might be people who are adamantly 
against this. There are people that may say, okay, you know, expand it just a little bit. These Did small, he give a number in the story? Uh, no, but I mean, like, what, 96 has been one of the prevalent ones that they're going to tack on a ton more teams. And the reason I bring it up is, you know, much of the conversation, for better or worse, much of the conversation that we would have around some local teams would not exist, or it would be much different. For you know, well, per- I'm going to need 296 well, well, to get my yeah, Irish. No, in. Notre Dame and Purdue. Indiana's going to need about 196 well, to get their team. Indiana in. at least would have. Uh, there would be maybe some sort of light at the end of the tunnel. Definitely much more than now. You know, Butler. They're very much a bubblicious team, are they not? You know, they would be in the NCAA tournament right now. We wouldn't even be having those conversations. And I and here's the thing. I don't know what it would do for Indiana State. I would say Indiana State uh, would feel much better about their hopes of being in any NCAA tournament if there were a substantial expansion such as going to 96 I do think a lot of the expansion is going to go to the to the to the Big Ten team or SEC or Big 12 team that ain't very good that is you know under 500 in conference play I think that's what the majority of them will be uh, set aside for but Indiana State no doubt would feel better about themselves it's something that's going to happen I don't like it it's going to happen but it's going to fundamentally KB change the way we have conversations year in, year out about many of the local teams. Yeah, it just I, is. I absolutely hate it. Um, it, it just it continues to inch closer to participation trophy element of everybody gets in. And boy, those regular season games, they don't mean a whole lot. And like last night, again, to me, what a great night at Hinkle. I mean, you, you, you've got, you know, Marquette Butler, raucous atmosphere in there. You know, Butler trying to strengthen their resume here. And yet, like, it, it, oh, that game doesn't really matter. Butler's comfortably in the tournament. What's the, I don't even know how the 96 would look. I guess you'd have a ton of playing games. Like, you would have a lot of teams getting buys now. You, you, you would have double buys, and you would have the teams at the back end I like just the beat each other up. I like how it looks, and I'm already frustrated we've got playing games. And look, my Notre Dame team... They benefited from the playing a few yes, years have. ago. They yep, beat Rutgers, they and then they they were a shot away from going to the Sweet 16 that season. So I understand there is some benefit to it, but still, I just think an element of the regular season needs to be rewarded in a higher light. And now you're going to dip deeper into mediocre basketball teams to get them in. And sure, a couple of mid-majors will benefit from that. You know, It's not like they're only going to take the Power 5 middle of the pack. But, Andy, that's where the large percentage of this is going to come. Oh, Let's 100%. not think for a second 100%. the MoVal and the MAC are going to turn into consistent three-bid leagues. No, it's going to mean the Big Ten is going to get whatever, an 11th team in, which, in my opinion, I don't need to see that. But, I mean, think about the power brokers. They all are going to want this. The presidents want it. The ADs want it. And you know who wants it probably more than anybody? Oh, the coaches. The damn coaches. Yeah, the coaches. Oh, we made the NCAA exactly. tournament five out of six years. I can years. put that on my resume. Like, of course they, they're going to want there, it. And there, so. could be, and there can be revenue. Like, I understand that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, Greg Sankey's not going to do this. So, Indiana State uh, can, now, <laughs> can play a game on a Monday night. To your point, though, you said, okay, you know, what's the pecking order? Getting College, college football's got to get figured out first. Like, you've got to somehow – because, again, there's a little bit more structure when it comes to the NCAA tournament – and the power brokers of college basketball. There's not that with college football and the playoff and simply this, 
you know, Big Ten, SEC, Fox, ESPN uh, divide, if you will. So you need to figure that out. And selfishly, I hope that that will delay an expansion of the NCAA tournament, like into the 2030s. Boy, so no, that ain't, you're I, not going to get that. I can it's now, happening. You know, it's talk happening. with Max Bowen about how fed up I am. And he's like, yeah, I like it. You know, blah, blah, blah. No, back in my day, this is how it was. Um, I don't. Did it say anything imminent? I, I can't imagine no, the next it, couple it, of years in, we get it. Inevitable is the word. Now, inevitable's been used for the last, I would say, two years that this has been uh, that it's been thrown out I there. I hope it's like you, the combine. It's inevitable. It's going to move well, and then it continues. I'm to with be here. you. I, I happen to think that the majority of college basketball fans, even like Butler, right now is on the bubble. Indiana, if they went to a 96 or, you know, they added a bunch of teams to the NCAA tournament, it would be good for a team like Indiana who sits at 14 and 10, middle of the Big Ten. Indiana might be the one to look at and say, you know, if they won or, uh, you know, if they had a quarter one win or two and they won a couple in the Big Ten tournament, that they would for sure be in under a new format. With that being said, even teams locally that potentially could benefit from it. Don't you feel like people don't want this? Like, people want this. I'll give you a great example. When I covered Louisville football, they want. They feel like they can make an expanded 12-team playoff. I don't, but they do. So, you know, a lot of people want the expansion. As a Notre Dame fan, you should feel that way. I mean, Notre Dame wins 10 yeah, games. I, There's a much better chance. They go 10-2. and two, They're not making a Final Four at 10-2. and two. 12 of – how many teams are in D1 oh, college mean, football now? Yeah. 130-ish? Yeah, something, okay, so, something uh, like I, that. Do the math for me. What's 12 of 130 <laughs> versus what's what, 96 of 360? Of, of 360, The right. percentages are a, they're, they're a not whole the same. lot different. So, to me, you're not rewarding as much mediocrity in college football. Honestly, what you're doing is you are giving a seat to the little guy with the group of five bid in college football. To me, you are still giving a little bit of flavor of like, all right, if you challenge yourself in the non-conference, you have a loss, it's not the end of the world. To me, with this college basketball expansion, I mean, Andy, we're talking one-fourth. We're talking 25% of the teams are going to make it. We're talking whatever, one-tenth of college football. So I don't think it, it, it is the same sort of of situation to rewarding potentially ten and two, nine and three college football to saying, "Hey man, boy, Indiana at eighteen and fifteen, uh, they're going to get <laughs> they're, it. They're, oh, what they're, are we doing? Ready here? to go? Yeah, listen, I'm I'm with you. I guess what I'm saying is, college basketball people, the Indiana fan, let's use them. I believe that Indiana fans would would the majority would say, I don't want to see an expansion to the tournament, even though it would help them. People want to see football expanded." you know, universal, you know, and they and they think it's going to help their team. Does that make sense? People want football to keep adding teams is the way I feel, the majority of people. And even though it would help local teams in basketball, I don't feel like, you know, the basketball people well, in the state Dame, of Indiana it, want it. I mean, Notre Dame is going to benefit. I, I, I'd have to look it up. And obviously Notre Dame has made the four-team playoff a couple of times here. But, you know, how many times did Notre Dame – fall into that whatever the five to twelve sure. range in that area there's been several of those where they've played in you know new year's day bowls and things like that so look whenever this happens and unfortunately you use the word inevitable and relate it from the story it probably is that yes ball state for example or whatever uh you know indiana state's gonna sit there and they're gonna have four or five losses come mid-February, and they're going to be like, hey, maybe, you know, maybe now we look at the Indiana State loss of last night, and it's not this, you know, boom, the bubble has burst um, from their loss, and yeah, I, I just, 
I don't love it. I, I, I'm sure there'll be a point in time where I look back on it and think you were old man Maybe. on the lawn but here. I'm with but I'm College I'm football is going to go to the five and seven, uh, which is going to be five power conferences, even though there aren't five power conferences. <laughs> I don't understand. No, I mean, there's, 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 there's not. Two. Yeah, they, they don't view it that way. Yeah. So, I mean, they'll throw a bone to the Big 12 and ACC, but I can't I can't imagine. It's more, to me, of the four and eight model that it's those conferences, and then it's going to be the at-large. And I, I'm not hung up on if it's four and eight or if it's five and seven, if you Google that model. I am more hung up on how do they pick the seven? Because that's what's interesting is uh, because I, of course, think it's Big Ten in SEC wanting more of their teams in uh, in less of some of the smaller teams but that is July radio we can do that at a different time Indiana State if they run the table lose on a last second shot in the Moval final <laughs> let's call it Drake Drake is what 50-60 right around that range Drake, Drake won on a game winning that was bank, a wild finish bank, by the way bank in three. Evansville yeah, wild. Really, Evansville Evan- hit a three to tie it to tie it and then no timeouts boom banking three at the buzzer for Drake last night uh, they lose on a last-second shot to Drake in the Moval final. Percentage of chance Indiana State is in as an at-large after last night. Boy, I'm going. I, I am. I'm jaded on what happened last night. They lost. They lost by double digits. They lost at home. Game control wise, they were down big. I'll say. Lost I'll to say, a bad team. They lost to a bad team, an under 500 team, a quad four loss. It's a bad loss. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say. I'll say. Uh, I'll say 10. percent I'm I'm, God, re- that low. I, I'm really that low that my mind. So they were 20 in the net. Does that all of a sudden mean they drop well, well, 20 spots? So, I mean, like, so I, that's I, I guess thing. I'm a little confused that, on that. That's the thing. The net has not updated as of yet this morning. It takes some time apparently for them to input the formula. I, yeah, I would. I mean, if I went I higher, be maybe 15. But you have me nervous. I just, I, I just think the committee doesn't respect teams like Indiana State. I, I just don't. And you know, you're going to have enough Power Five teams that will have more opportunities. It's not even who they beat. It's the, it's the amount of opportunities, and they just have a lot of quad four, a lot of quad three. Boy, I well, mean, now having you, you a quad set, four loss, that, you, that's you, you set up the situation to where is probably the one to where they could fight in that room the most and say, you got you to gotta put us in. You know, I don't even know if college game day, you know, if ESPN is there and they're doing, you know, big pieces. We had Pat Forty on a couple weeks ago. SI did a piece on Indiana State. Maybe that pub helps them get in, but I am now all, they got to win their conference tournament to get in the big dance. That's how I am viewing them because of last night. Yeah, again, I think what is really going to hurt them is the resume lacks the big kind of quad one, quad two stuff, which for most mid-majors it does. But in most mid-majors case, when they have a strong at-large candidacy come Selection Sunday, they've avoided the bad loss. But, I mean, last night defines bad loss. Absolutely. I mean, you just laid it out. Under 500 team. Illinois State missing some of their better players. Lost by 13. Lost in your home floor. I mean, it's it's the quadruple whammy for Indiana State last night. And, I, yeah, boy, I, so much air let out of that balloon. Again, uh, a handful of games left here in the regular season for them. Not a lot of opportunities to strengthen their resume from a quad one or quad two standpoint. So, Sycamore fans, jeez, uh, just brutal uh, after you're ranked. For what, 48 hours, you suffer that loss last night. Uh, coming up here in a few, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN going to join us. Uh, again, he's got an event coming up at the Vogue. That is tomorrow night with Tyrese Halliburton and Grant 
Hill. So certainly an event you're going to want to check out here as All-Star Weekend starts to pick up some pace. And Woj had quite the news item about a half hour ago in announcing that uh, there was some owner-to-owner discussions between the Warriors and the Lakers about pairing Steph Curry and LeBron James in Golden State, right? If I read mm-hmm. that correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so certainly a question we will toss Woj's way here coming up in about 10 minutes. Before all that, let's do a morning check down. The Morning Checkdown, brought to you by the Barbasol Horizon League Basketball Championships. March starts here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, March 11th and 12th. All right, before Woj, let's get your morning check down here. Let's start with Butler, 78-72 losers last night in Hinkle to number four Marquette. Butler now 16-9 and on the season. We'll see, we'll see next day or so what bracketologists say uh, about Butler. Obviously going to be very much on the bubble. Just couldn't make shots last night. Night, especially uh, there in the first half. Thad Mata post game on the loss. To learn from this game, we, we weren't very good in the first half. I mean, nine turnovers, we were we were sloppy, and, and I think that was the difference. You know, we had one of those nights where we, we couldn't make shots, and, and I thought we had some really good looks at the basket. They wouldn't go in, but we've got another tr- quick turnaround. We got, we got another... <laughs> Another Big East team uh, on Saturday at noon, and you know we've we've got to continue to find ways to get better. And, and I'm challenging these guys. It's February. I, I don't care. We we, you know, you, you can't slow down. You got to keep coming in every day, going to work, and getting better. And, and that's what we got to do. Yeah, Butler next in action, 12.30 on Saturday. It's going to be a Fox game back at Hinkle, hosting number 17, Crane. Just an FYI, Crane did win. They won big over, obviously, a bad Georgetown team last of night. Butler won a thriller at Creighton a few weeks back on a Friday night. I did think Finley Bizjack, really important for Butler to try and find somebody off the bench consistently. He was outstanding in the second half. Butler made a great run there. In the final few minutes, banked in three by Cam Jones, who absolutely guns out there. Tyler Kolek making some big buckets per usual. Marquette has now won eight in a row, five on the road by an average of a dozen points. Could they be a one seed? Election oh, Sunday, I, they could. I mean, I tell you what's helped them is North Carolina being a little shaky. Here, North Carolina is being checked in the ACC is not respected. Right, I mean so, the Big East is. Yeah, and the is Big respected. East and the yeah. Big East is. So, oh, I two would, one seeds out of the conference. I, I, I would say Marquette absolutely right now is fighting for a one seed. No, I, I think ultimately probably one of the Big East teams can get a one seed and one will get a two seed. But Marquette absolutely is in that conversation. Like Houston, Arizona, right now the other couple, obviously Purdue and UConn. <laughs> Pretty obvious. All right, north of the border tonight, the Pacers' final game before the All-Star break. They are a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Raptors. Uh, Toronto, not very good at basketball. Uh, They've lost 15 (laughs) of 19. They scored less than 100 points in each of their last two games. What are they, like the Knicks cast-offs plus Scotty Barnes and Bruce Brown? Is that kind of their makeup right now? <laughs> yeah, but listen, I can't, after what happened in Charlotte, though, I, know, I, I can't have fun with them. I mean, they have R.J. Yeah. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, Scotty Barnes. I mean, they do have, maybe Scotty Barnes is an all-star now. I, I know, it is shocking I, to see you know, them losers 15 of 19. After, after, after the Charlotte game, the way this team is limping in, no Jalen Smith, potentially no Benedict Matherin. I mean, we know the numbers have been down a little bit with Halliburton. I mean, there's no reason. Reason, I, I, I'm not watching this game tonight and thinking, ah, this is a 14, f- a 15 point win. Uh, it's easy, and the Pacers are going to glide in to the All Star break. I hope that's what's going to happen, but I can't say that. A uh, right knee bone bruise for Benedict Mather, and that is why he's listed as questionable. For those that listen to 
our segment with Rick Carlisle yesterday. Clearly some physical issues right now with Matherin, so very curious to see if he plays. Remember, he's in the Rising Stars game and skills competition coming up. Uh, what is that, Friday and Saturday night uh, here for All-Star Weekend. Um, very important for the Pacers to try to get something here. Pascal Siakam heading back to Toronto. I'm sure it'll be an emotional night for him. I did see, didn't the Magic lose last night? I guess, are we starting to look at that for the Pacers? <laughs> it's like uh, good news on that end. They did lose. Uh, Gilgis Alexander was a beast last night. That dude's, that dude's high good, up man. your MVP. That dude's good, man. Well, right I think now. I saw... Uh, the Pacers have not played the Thunder yet this season. That's like the one opponent you look at the second half of the year and you're like, oh yeah, that's a pretty good team that they will face here down the stretch. The, the uh, ESPN put this out. I, I put this on my sheet. Uh, ESPN had, you know, a straw poll, if you will. You hear that a lot of times in political uh, talk, they they had a hundred you know NBA people, and right now, obviously, the Joker would win MVP. Gilgis Alexander would be second on that list. You ask, where's Tyrese Halliburton? He's tied for eleventh, and guess who he's tied with? Sabonis. Really? <laughs> I just found that to be funny. Now, of course, that of would be the guy. Was Shea good at Kentucky? Yeah, I mean, he he was good. Now, what he did at Kentucky, he had a slow start. He was not the highest ranked guy, but about halfway through the season, it was he started to emerge. It was get out of the way, Got it. and you could tell that he was that you know, he I, was a stud. But I never thought he would be MVP level. I never thought he would be right. MVP level. Well, I mean, hell, look at Devin Booker. He was a six man on sure. Kentucky's team, and now look at him. Uh, really, the biggest night or the biggest game to watch tonight in any realm of basketball is in Detroit. Folks, we have the winless Detroit Titans, led by Mike we, Davis. We need Dan Campbell in the building tonight for, <laughs> for the Titans, led by Mike Davis. They're 0-26 on the year. They're taking on the fighting Rake Straws, the fighting Bob Levels. 6-20 IUPUI Jaguars here. Folks, 6-win IUPUI is getting 5.5 points at winless Detroit. Make that make sense for me. I'm, I'm going to ride with IUPUI then. We talked about this. I was wishy-washy in hour number one. I'm rolling with the 6-20 uh, and 20 fighting Greg Rakestraws. I'm doing it. I'm saying it right now on the radio. Give me the 5.5 all oh, day. and 26 on the year, Detroit. We looked up their schedule yesterday. Maybe the most shocking part of their 26 losses and 26 opportunities this year, their closest game this season is a one-point loss to Ole Miss. Ole Miss is on the bubble. Like, I, they lost by 40 to Youngstown State <laughs> a few weeks ago. The closest loss is to Ole Miss. Chris Beard. Yeah. Is that future I mean, Indiana yeah. coach Chris Beard? Well, he's going to, I don't know. Listen, that's a conversation. Who is going to take Chris Beard? Is I, that a Peeg's message ooh, board topic right now? IUPUI's lost 11 of 12. Their only wins, Purdue-Fort Wayne, back on the 17th of January. On, it was Jax. a month ago. Come on, Matt Come on. Crenshaw. Let's get it done tonight here in Detroit. Uh, a couple of random Colts items. Rusty Jones, longtime strength coach, conditioning, nutrition guy. Uh, he retiring from the NFL, so that'll be a spot on the Chris Ballard, Shane Steichen staff that they will need to replace. And tonight, if you're looking at a early All-Star event, how about Hinkle Fieldhouse? We uh, chatted with Sheldon Day. A couple weeks back, a really affordable opportunity to see some celebrities in the building at Hinkle. They'll do kind of a skills competition, dunk contest, three-point. We're talking Justin Jefferson from the Vikings, Terrell Owens, Kenny Moore, Shaq Leonard, among others. Uh, Sheldon Day, the Warren Central Notre Dame product, with some more info on that. You can check out his Twitter page. But a nice event here to kind of kick off the All-Star Weekend. Speaking of that, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN. I'd say a mini Woj bomb from him about a half hour ago. 
We'll chat about that, his event with Tyrese Halliburton and Grant Hill as well. Whoa! Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Joins us next. I appreciate everyone hanging out with us on this Wednesday. KB and Andy, it's the Wake Up Call broadcasting live from the DriveHuber.com studios. Reminder, Mark Kestishier, ESPN Radio. Kesti, Uncle Kesti, he'll join us uh, coming up at 9 o'clock. I should mention as well, uh, keep following uh, WIBC traffic, KB. I don't know if you've seen this, but there are wrecks all over right now in Metro Indy, including uh, northbound 65 at South Keystone is all backed up. Right in center lanes, there's a truck upside down, so I figured I'd mention that. We try to whenever things are really messy, and right now uh, they are pretty messy. So uh, follow WIBC uh, and my guy Matt Bear, who I pass in the hallway every morning for all of that. All right, let's jump on out. Payless Liquors Hotline, tons to talk about. Uh, the Pacers, Indy, hosting the All-Star Weekend, and much more. And Adrian Wojnarowski joining us here on the program, ESPN Senior NBA Insider. Woj, good morning. Uh, I want to get in just a second. We've been promoting promoting this morning uh, your podcast, which is going to be at the Vogue Theater tomorrow. Yeah. So I want to give you some time on that. But 30 minutes ago, you had a Woj bomb. You and Ramona Shelburne uh, that the Warriors and Lakers had a conversation about LeBron James being traded to the Warriors. What else can you tell us about that? And was the hesitancy on the Lakers or more maybe on LeBron's side of things? No, good morning, guys. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, right prior to the trade deadline, uh, middle of last week, the Warriors called the Lakers. It was an owner-to-owner call. Joe Lacob to Jeannie Buss. And, and essentially, Lacob asked if some of the uh, apparent frustration that LeBron James was feeling, you saw the hourglass uh, emoji, you know, in the days leading into the trade deadline, was there an opening? for a discussion on the availability of LeBron James. Uh, it was something Draymond Green, we were told, uh, was encouraging uh, his owner or his, excuse me, you know, Joe Lacob, his boss, to do. And essentially, Jeannie Buss, her response was, we're not interested in trading him, but if you're asking me about his mindset, why don't you call his representation? reach out to Rich Paul and ask him if he's frustrated or whether he's happy here. And I think that's part of how Jeannie Buss has always operated that team. She wants her star players to be happy. She's want, she wants them to want to be there. And essentially she said, ask Rich Paul. And Joe Lacob and Mike Dunleavy Jr., their GM, you know, eventually uh, got to Rich Paul and he shut this down mm. and said LeBron has no interest. They had no interest 
in being traded, and that was the end of it. There were other calls. Mike Dunleavy Jr. to Rob Palenka, who told them we're not interested in trading LeBron. And if you, as you read through the story, you'll see the Lakers had other calls, or another call anyway, leading into the trade deadline. Daryl Morey in Philadelphia called on LeBron James. Now, Daryl Morey will call on everybody's star. He called Phoenix and went down the line on their, uh, you know, on Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, uh, Bradley Beal, and was told no on all of them. He was obviously told no on LeBron James. But the fact that an owner called an owner, they had more than one conversation uh, about uh, the Warriors' interest. They wanted to pair him with, obviously, Steph Curry with Draymond Green. LeBron's in the last year of his deal, potentially. He's got a player option on next season. Uh, But uh, those conversations never went far enough that the Warriors even could make an offer. The Lakers never gave them an opening to even make an offer on LeBron James. But this was a twenty very interesting 24-hour window between those two organizations. Quite the Woj bomb about a half hour ago. Again, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN, the GOAT. He's with us here on the Payless Lickers Hotline. Speaking of stars, he's got an event with the Pacers star coming up, Tyrese Halliburton, tomorrow night at the Vogue. We'll get to that in just a second. One more on, on this news item, if you mm-hmm. don't mind, Woj. You think LeBron will end his career ultimately with the Lakers, or do you see another stop? You know, we say in the story, and you know, our reporting certainly right now is that his focus this summer is remaining with the Lakers. And with that player option, typically you're going to decline the player option and then do a new deal because you can get a raise off of that number. You could do an, you could do a one plus one or a two plus one or whatever at this point. I don't think he's doing, you know, at this point in his career at 40 years old, uh, it's probably certainly a shorter deal. I'm told that's still his focus to do. And, you know, so much of his post-career is going to play out on the West Coast. He wants to be, uh, you know, he wants to be part of a potential ownership group in Vegas. He's working pretty, very diligently on that with the groups that, that would help him do that. But certainly, certainly, I don't think you ever can rule it out. But I think his intentions have been to remain there. And I think the Lakers believe that they have an opportunity this summer to upgrade that roster, uh, have some more draft capital that they could put into trades and try this summer to improve their supporting cast. I don't think they're championship contenders right now. Um, Is there a move this summer that could put them back into that conversation? LeBron and obviously the NBA world will be descending upon Indianapolis here in the coming days. It is All-Star Weekend coming up here in the Circle City. Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN joining us right now to chat more about that. Woj, your event at the Vogue tomorrow night. I've had some way back Wednesdays at the Vogue. This sounds like a little bit more of an educational night with Tyrese Halliburton. And I find the Grant Hill appearance, considering the Team USA connection for Halliburton in a Olympic year, interesting yeah. as well. Let our audience know what they could be getting into tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for it. I've had both Tyrese and Grant Hill separately on my podcast. And they are, listen, the people in Indianapolis know about uh, Tyrese Halliburton. And I, I think it's going to be a fun night. I, I think it's going to be... Uh, he's always candid. He's always open. He's always got something interesting to say. Uh, and then having Grant Hill come in and join us uh, halfway through, obviously the managing director of USA Basketball, Hall of Famer. And, uh, you know, I wanted to try to pair a couple people that I thought would really complement each other. 
Uh, and I think probably in the second half of it, maybe a little broader conversation about the league with both Grant and Tyrese together. Obviously, USA Basketball, they were part of uh, the team last summer um, at the Worlds. Uh, obviously, you know, there's certainly a, a real possibility that Tyrese Halliburton could be part of the Olympic team next summer. Uh, I just think it's a great pairing of two people, of two smart, interesting, accomplished people. And listen, I think if you're a Pacer fan, a chance to – it's a small theater. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited. I've never been in the Vogue. People just rave about it. You guys obviously know it uh, well. But just sort of that intimate environment of a conversation, and I think it's a way for fans to get up close and get to see uh, Tyrese Halliburton, get to see Grant Hill, and uh, really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I love you know, – I've been to the Final Four in Indy, and All-Star Weekend in Indy I think is going to be great. There's no better basketball town uh, no better basketball metropolis, certainly in America. Uh, obviously, no better basketball state than Indiana. They always do these big events right. So much history there. And I think the timing for the Pacers organization, with the success they've had this year, and obviously Tyrese Halliburton, who's been you know, really maybe the breakout player in the league this year, certainly in the East. And so uh, we still have tickets available yeah, it's a, like I said, it's a fairly intimate theater, but um, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be, again, at The Vogue. That's tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, thevogue.com. If you want to check out tickets there, thevogue.com, the Woj podcast live. Again, Halliburton's going to be there, Woj, obviously, uh, and Grant Hill. That should be a lot of fun uh, as well. You know, I got thinking, you mentioned Halliburton and the Pacers, uh, his emergence. Perhaps they are a little bit ahead of schedule a few weeks ago. Now, what, month ago or so, we see the move for Pascal Siakam. We know they need to lock him up to that max deal this offseason that's going to be number one with the move they made to kind of you know get rid of Buddy Heald at the trade deadline Woj what do you think is next for the Pacers is there another sizable swing that the front office can make what do you make about the future moves I guess that they could make here in the next year or so well I think you know obviously re-signing Pascal Siakam this offseason I think there's a lot of confidence uh, that that will happen that can happen uh, you know, he was excited about the trade to Indiana. I think he's loved being there so far. And I think the Pacers traded for him with, with some confidence that, you know, they'd be able to do that. I think with the current economics of the NBA, like, you know, Halliburton, Pascal Siakam, and, you know, Miles Turner, certainly, you, you don't want to see growth. I think their, their big moves are going to be the growth of their young players, Ben Matherin. Uh, you know, that group, seeing those guys uh, grow around, you know, the all-star, all-star level players on Halliburton, Pascal Siakam. Certainly, uh, this is a group that you want to see get better defensively. That was part of the thought of uh, bringing in Siakam. Uh, but I think this is an organization that I think Indiana is seeing the benefits of this new collective bargaining agreement that was just going to make it very difficult for the big market teams who could run up huge luxury tax bills and have three stars, have three max players. It is going to just be really, really difficult to do that and have any kind of supporting cast, any kind of roster flexibility. And so I think, you know, maybe in a previous year, a, you know, a golden state, a Clippers, a Lakers trades for Siakam because they could pay him as a third star the league wanted to see star talent spread around. And I think Indiana, 
to an extent is a beneficiary of that, but also the fact that they were building something there, what uh, Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan and Rick, uh, Rick Carlisle have done, uh, the leadership there, and the Halliburton trade changed the organization. It's a team, guys want to play with him, um, and guy, people see him as a legitimate franchise star you can build around. Those are hard to get. They're really hard to get in trades, and they're even harder to get when they're really young. And the Pacers did all that with Halliburton. Yeah, I am bullish on Tyrese's ability to attract some guys here moving forward. Just uh, retweeted the link to those tickets again tomorrow night at the Vogue. Adrian Wojnarowski with us here on the Payless Stickers Hotline. Tyrese Halliburton and Grant Hill. You can check out my Twitter page for a link uh, to those tickets. Woj, one Halliburton item I did want to ask you about. Uh, I guess it's a little bit on the floor, a little bit off the floor, but that 65-game rule has been a big topic for us here locally, and Tyrese playing that mark. He's got a couple of games to play with here the rest of the season, potentially getting the All-NBA nod, and obviously the contractual uh, finances off of that. Do you see any tweaking of that rule moving forward here? Obviously the Embiid situation I know has dominated some of your headlines as well, but how do you see the NBA reacting to that rule moving forward? Yeah, I don't think they're going to change it. I, there always can be tweaks, and, and maybe there's some more latitude when for players who are close around 65, um, like in Tyrese Halliburton's case, where you know I think they would have been willing or will be willing to include the play-in championship, or excuse me, the in-season championship game. That makes sense. You know, you might want to say, hey, can we include the All-Star game in that? They're probably not going to do that. Um, but I think the league wanted this rule very much. They've got it in place. And there are probably going to be a couple guys every year who are going to be you know, who are going to hover around that and, and maybe an injury um, keeps them from all NBA. If you look through it historically, especially with the awards, not so much the all NBA, but the awards, there's not many guys who've won, like whether it's defensive player of the year, MVP, uh, most improved, whatever it is, not many guys who've won it uh, below 65. There's a few. and I, But I think this is something the league really wanted and I don't see dramatic change to this. They wanted players on the floor. They've gotten them on the floor more this year. But I think the concern for teams, though, is the idea that injured players, players who aren't healthy, are going to play when they shouldn't play uh, to try to keep themselves, to get them at that 65 number. And does that cost teams in the postseason? Does that cost teams, you know, are we going to see less stars in the playoffs because they injured themselves or they made worse an injury. I think that's all collateral damage to this, but you know, they made a decision in the NBA, especially with a new TV deal coming to have more star players on the court. They've gotten it. We'll see at what cost that is. And again, like you don't want injured players playing and then uh, making injuries worse or, um, but that's going to all be part of this. I don't see it changing. Well, we'll end with this. Your colleague Adam Schefter has shared the story before on where he was and what he was doing when breaking the news of Andrew Luck and his retirement. <laughs> Certainly some people here in Indianapolis had some opinions on it. Simply to me, Schefter was just doing his job. What is your craziest news-breaking story? You know what? Well, I'm going to have to think about that one for Thursday night. I... I 
Adam was at a dinner. I remember him telling me that he was at a family, like a mother-in-law dinner birthday <laughs> dinner, I yeah, believe, I, if I, I remember correctly. This. I, um, I can, I have a pretty good memory of almost every story I've broken physically where I was. Like if you can ask me different stories through the years, I can tell you, yeah, I pulled off the road and I parked in that cemetery. <laughs> I pulled off the road and I parked in this apartment building complexes parking lot. I pulled off. I like, I have a pretty good memory of like all over Northern New Jersey of these places that I've had to pull over. Um, you know, the I best Wi-Fi spots. In in Northern New Jersey. Yeah. I Ubered a lot more, but you know, flights and, <clears throat> you know, spotty wireless on flights. That's why I, t- I tend to only try to fly red eyes. Like, especially a lot of my travel now is New York to LA <clears throat> and I'll only fly red eyes home because the phone typically doesn't ring between, you know, midnight and 6 a.m. But, uh, but yeah, no, that's, um, you need good wireless wherever you are. (laughs) Well, I'll be sharing those stories tomorrow night again inside of the Vogue, 8 o'clock. Again, the link is on our Twitter page, The Wake Up Call, and just retweeted that. Tyrese Halliburton, Grant Hill, Adrian Wojnarowski, The Woj Pod, tomorrow night live at the Vogue. Woj, safe travels to Indy. Good luck to your Bonnies trying to get on a run here late in the season. That's that's where I'm going from All-Star. I'm there Thursday, Friday. I've got a 5.30 a.m. flight through Washington to Buffalo. And then uh, down to Olean for Bonnie's Davidson. Everybody else is going to Cabo. I'm going to Bonnie's Davidson. Gosh, I, I absolutely love your passion for your alma mater there in St. Bonaventure. Again, hopefully they can get on run here late in the year. Woj, right. we will uh, see you tomorrow Thanks, night, guys. man. I appreciate you. See you in Indy. Okay, take care. Adrian Wojnarowski right there. A Woj bomb less than an hour ago. He shared that with us. Some owner-to-owner discussion. I find the, the, the tidbit from Woj interesting there. Jenny Buss telling Joe Lacob of the Warriors, you call Rich Paul. Yeah. You call LeBron's agent. You you decide, you know, get me removed from it. You two discuss the happiness of LeBron James here with the Lakers. That is a, uh, boy, that's a fascinating uh, little tidbit there. Well, the other, the other thing, and this is what it reminded me of, was he can remember where he was when he broke every, you know, big story of his career, okay? That reminds me... The cemetery's of, probably not a good no, omen no, for the trade. No, it reminds me of Sean McVay, right? McVay, if you go back, you're like, week three, you know, five years ago, you know... What you know? What play mm-hmm. did you run? He's right, like, oh, I right, was a right. second eight. Yeah. We ran this. We ran that. We had the slot receiver do yeah. this. Corn dog yeah. triple twelve. Corn dog yeah, triple yeah. twelve. Uh-huh. That's exactly yeah. what it reminds me of. Yeah, good for him. That, that was, was great. Good. Great stuff with Adrian Wojnarowski. I'll be up on the podcast again tomorrow night, eight o'clock at the Vogue. Tyrese Halliburton and Grant Hill. For those that missed it, Grant Hill, managing director, I believe, was the exact title that Woj used to describe Grant Hill's uh, Team USA involvement. I, I don't think it's hyperbole to think. I think Tyrus Halliburton will be on Team USA. I, I just oh, don't I, see he'll an be a face of this. No, he'll be a face of the team of point guards, uh, young point guards in particular. And I just think he fits an important role when you're fielding a 12 man roster of egos. That that to me, I think, is arguably his greatest attraction to being on the team. You know, when you think about some of the scoring point guards of Team USA, guys accepting to being the ninth, tenth, eleventh guy might not be there. Halliburton, to me, will be that. He played a role for the World Cup team in a similar fashion behind Jalen Brunson. So I think that'll be some of the topics coming up with the Paris well, he, Olympics. He, he's so he's so early in his career. I think this year 
He he is a player, per, you know, perhaps not a starter. Uh, and there's going to be other big names, right? And then I think after this year, I mean, don't you feel the torch in some way is going to be passed to well, everyone's other gonna guys? Everyone's going to be one, yeah. wanting to be on the LA team it, because that's 2028. Yeah, I mean, everyone's exactly. going to be well, and wanting I, to be and on I, that I, one. I think. Well, I'm, I, I guess I mean, I mean, you know, guys like LeBron, uh, Kevin Durant, some of the, some of these guys, and I'm not exactly sure whoever is going to have their last hurrah sure, sure. this Steph. year. Yeah, Steph, this year. I don't think they, Steph's been on an Olympic boy, team. They, if then, I heard that they then pass it along, and Halliburton is going to squarely be one of those guys. I told you they gave it away when they did the Team USA emblem on Twitter. And they had LeBron and Kevin Durant. Their faces were very big. And Tyrese Halliburton was right there along with him. So I, I expect him to be on this team this year, be a heavy contributor. And then in four years, uh, the L.A. Olympics, for him to be one of the big names carrying the torch. I get that there's a lot of factors that play into player acquisition and, and moves, etc. And Woj said it a little bit there. I, I am absolutely bullish on Halliburton's ability to attract guys to play for the Pacers. I think in a way, Siakam is that. I, I think there will be more of those opportunities. And that's not something this franchise has had in quite some time. All right, in about 10 minutes, Mark Kestesher, you hear him a lot on ESPN Radio and play-by-play voice for the NBA. He'll join us. We'll talk some Butler with Nick Gardner coming up a little bit later. Continue to give away the Dave Matthews Band pair of tickets and the Cluster Truck gift card with the Pop Quiz. 9 o'clock hour. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you for spending it with us. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Ah, yes, a very happy Valentine's Day. And if uh, you just learned it was Valentine's Day, I don't know what to tell you. At this point, you're a little bit late. A couple minutes here. Probably time to start looking for your next Valentine's. Probably. Mark Kestishere, ESPN Radio, is going to be on the call on ESPN Radio. You're going to hear a lot of the events of All-Star Weekend right here on The Fan, and he'll be the voice of it. We'll talk with him in about five or six minutes. If you miss any of Adrian Wojnarowski, we just had him on. Fantastic stuff that is up on the podcast 1075thefan.com. You know, one thing, KB, we, did, we didn't bring up, obviously. You know, you have 15 minutes with him. We're talking, you know, Pacers and the LeBron news that he reported earlier today. Uh, but the Knicks, did you see this? That the Knicks filed a protest with the league. Uh, they, they're they dis, uh, disputing a two-point loss to the Rockets. This was on Monday. Uh, it's been admitted by the refs. It's been admitted by the NBA that it was a terrible uh, call on Jalen Brunson, which led to two Aaron Holiday free throws, and it gave the Rockets the win. The Knicks were obviously pissed off about it, as was Brunson. The last time, and I saw this from Bobby Marks, uh, you know, it these protests never win, right? I mean, it never wins. The last time a protest was upheld in the NBA December 19th of 2007, Shaquille O'Neal fouled out with six fouls, but he actually only had five. So this is when he was with the Miami Heat. 
The Heat and the Atlanta Fal- uh, Falcons, the Atlanta Hawks, played the last 51.9 seconds of overtime from when O'Neal fouled out. <laughs> that was back in 2007. Well, this is good news for the Pacers, right? The Pacers want the Knicks to lose, so the Pacers should be cheering for continued yeah, bad calls against the Knicks, it's right? It's not going to happen, yes. They're going to take the L. They did take the L. They will take the L. Giveaways prize-wise in the 9 o'clock hour. Butler chat with Nick Gardner on the other side. Mark Kestersher, NBA play-by-play voice for ESPN Radio. All right, 9 o'clock hour. We're in the drivehuber.com studios. One more hour to go. KB and Andy, it's the wake-up call here on the fan on this Wednesday. Uh, we just had Whoa, John, you miss any of that. Podcast Center, 1075thefan.com. Mark Kestishere from ESPN going to join us here in just a second. Now, I mentioned this a half an hour ago, and KB, you were in the hallway, and you saw Matt Bear over there at IBC. Uh, apparently, traffic's just ridiculous all around uh, Indianapolis. I mean, you have 465 right now. Now, before West 56th Street, uh, there's been some work on the shoulder area there. 465 West 56th Street. You also have a blocking of the left lane. Uh, and also, again, on 465 before I-65, blocking on both shoulders. So, South Keystone had a wreck. There's wrecks all over Indianapolis. But yeah. we're sitting here warm in the studio. Uh, FCC will not allow me to <laughs> reveal the exact phrase that Matt Bear used when I asked him about the morning on the roadways. But, yes, um... South side, west side, check it out. WIBC traffic, unfortunately, not a great start to what is a rather fine weather Wednesday morning for those that have not been outside just yet, but certainly keep an eye on that. It does look like weather-wise we aren't going to have a great uh, – precipitation will be fine, but I, I did – I was kind of hoping I know. we'd stay in the 50s throughout the All-Star weekend. doesn't look like Saturday in particular looks to be – the coldest of the days there. So, again, I don't think. To us, grew up in this market, no worry. <laughs> Hopefully those on the West Coast and in the southern parts of the U.S. can uh, overlook well, that. The, the, only, the only bummer is, uh, uh, two things. The only bummer is, last week was really nice, and have you peeped at all for next weekend? Next it's week, supposed to be, it's going to be yeah, back in the warming 50s. up again. Yeah, it's going to be back Literally, in the It's 50s. like the only two days in a... Whatever, 15, yeah. 20 days span. And then, and then, wasn't it a few years ago where Dallas had the so the snowstorm? Remember that? Was it the ice? They had the ice. Remember storm, the if ice I remember. storm and like like nothing. Like you couldn't do anything. Like you couldn't leave the house. Yeah. We'll so have, we're not that. We'll have Scott Agnes on tomorrow. I know he was in Salt Lake last year for that All Star game, and I want to say they ran into some issues. I'd probably have to double check that with Scott. I'm going to jot that down to talk to Scott about uh, tomorrow, but. Again, activities around the city going to continue to ramp up here in the coming days. I did want to mention this. Um, again, tomorrow night, Adrian Borjanowski, Tyrese Halliburton, Grant Hill at the Vogue. We talked about that. Download the NBA events app. I cannot encourage that. more. And I am not this guy, Andy, that's like, you know, I have a million apps on my phone and I'll download anything. I'm, I'm kind of a, no, no, no. I, I've got special space on my you're phone. A stickler, I don't want, yeah. You're a stickler. To, are you really? I'm a bit okay. of a stickler. But okay. if you have any desire to attend anything All-Star Weekend-wise, the NBA event app is perfect in terms of like building out a schedule, um, transportation tab. It's very easy. It's very user-friendly. Um, just the lookability of it. Uh, you can schedule all of your – there is schedule of all the events, and you kind of build your own schedule off of that. Um, so I, I could not endorse that more. Again, download the NBA Events app. If you're going to do anything All-Star related here coming up the next few days, certainly do that. The TNT show, by the way, 
Kenny, Charles, oh, Shaq, yeah. Ernie, they're going to be in the convention center tomorrow night. Okay. So three NBA I, games I tomorrow. T- tonight's the last big night of NBA games. Right. Tomorrow night you'll still have three more. They'll do their Thursday night action that they usually do in Atlanta from their studios. They'll do that in the convention center. I believe there are some tickets available for that. Uh, and then we'll be there, what, 12 hours after they end, uh, or probably less than that. Uh, we'll be there <laughs> Friday keep, morning. Just keep the set up. Uh, KB sure, and I will just, yeah, exactly, we'll just right. be there with the yeah. TNT set. I'll just keep everything chair, up. Right? Yeah, I'm sure they won't care. I mean, does Charles Barkley, is he going to give a slight to the city, a funny slight like he does to, to many other cities? San Antonio in particular? Do you think he's just going to be praising the city? I, I, you know I, him. Knowing Charles, there will be a jab <laughs> or two. I did see they're also going to do some simulcast here coming up um, this weekend. So, uh, again, Saturday night over at Lucas Oil, we'll have the three-point, we'll have the dunk, we'll have the skills challenge. The simulcast uh, will be with Jason Tatum, Vince Carter, Carmelo Anthony, and Adam Lefko. That will be on True TV. I know I joke a lot about True TV. But then the simulcast for Sunday, Andy. Again, think Manning cast for this. Draymond Green, Charles Barkley <laughs> will be your alternate yep. view for the All-Star Game Sunday nights. That will be on True TV. So you have your what? Kevin Harlan, Reggie, I assume, is the normal Sunday night All-Star Game crew. But uh, over on True TV, you'll have Draymond, Charles Barkley, Taylor Rooks, and Jamal Crawford on that call. Yeah, that's like that's the new thing now, all the different alternate broadcasts Which if you've got uh, and everything else. Channels, so. I think it makes sense. Give yeah. me the options. I'm kind of mad at Lefko. I did text Lefko, never got anything back, so we'll have to see if I can find him uh, this week. All right, uh, I think the voice of ESPN Radio, especially when it comes to play-by-play, play, it's Mark Kestishir. He joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Kesti, a very good morning to you. Hope all is well. When do you arrive in Indy? And if I, and if I can do this, I want to pin you down uh, what's an item or two you can't wait to see this weekend here in Indianapolis? Oh, man, uh, guys, good to be on with you this morning. Uh, I will be heading into town tomorrow afternoon. Indy's one of my favorite cities uh, for sports. Uh, you know, we've, we've been there for college hoops, for football, and for basketball. Love the arena and interested to see how it all sets up in the football stadium on Saturday. Uh, besides eating, because P.J. <laughs> Carlissimo is the king of uh, Mater D, you know, uh, just getting us into great restaurants in every city and every uh, country we ever visit together. Um, you know, I always look forward to the three point contest. To me, that's uh, the best part of All Star Weekend. It's a great challenge. Uh, I, you know, I can be math challenged at times, so trying to stay on top of points and, and who's doing what and the Steph Sabrina thing should be a lot of fun. Uh, I think I calculated it one year. There's about 300 shots that are taken every. Um, all-star Saturday three-point contest. So by the end of Saturday night, uh, my voice is usually wiped out, and then uh, fortunately the game's not till about eight o'clock on uh, Sunday, and and hopefully we'll get a you know a, a well-contested all-star game uh, when they're coming down the stretch. Five minutes within five points happens every once in a while. Those are the best, and those are the ones you hope for. Boy, that three-point lineup again—it is star-studded to say the least. Lillard, Brunson, Halliburton, Laurie Markkinen, Donovan Mitchell, Tyrese Maxey, Carl Anthony Towns—loaded lineup. And as Mark said, you get the Steph Curry, Sabrina, and Oscu head-to-head coming up. Then after that on Saturday night, inside of Lucas Oil Stadium, he is Mark Kestisher. You hear him on ESPN, the play-by-play voice for ESPN Radio when it comes to the NBA. 
It's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Mark, just from afar, I mean, we're in our Pacers bubble here. We've focused a whole lot on it. But I guess nationally, when you talk to people or just your, your own general observations on what you've seen from the Pacers this season, what are they? You know, we um, we caught them at probably the best time earlier this year when we were at the uh, in-season tournament in Las Vegas. And Tyrese Halliburton certainly has been a, a great young player who I had the privilege to cover a number of times in college at Iowa State. And you could just see that the franchise finally, right, is coming back around and, you know, has some good young talent and was a big surprise team in the East. I think it's typical this time of year when you're getting close to all-star and guys are dealing with injury. Obviously, Tyrese had a scary-looking injury that, you know, fortunately didn't keep him out as long as, you know, it looked when he first went down. And it's kind of those doldrums. And they're sitting in kind of a doldrum spot in the East, right? They're right at the bottom of that top six and right on the verge of the play-in. And uh, you're kind of in a you know sub-500 stretch here in the last month. And you take this break, you catch a breath of air. Uh, Indy obviously is going to be the, the spotlight, the center of the NBA universe this weekend. And those guys, Halliburton, Matherin, et cetera, who will be part of all different um, aspects of the weekend – uh, will kind of breathe new life into the stretch run because really it's it's not the halfway point. It's like the two-thirds point, isn't it? And now yeah. you can kind of see in front of you what's coming. So I think the national is we've kind of forgotten about the Pacers for the moment because they've cooled off. But when you look at the NBA in total, even as Boston feels like the cream of the crop in the East and you've got four teams really logjammed at the top of the West, it feels wide open this year. And so if they can make a run, if they could get healthy – I think uh, the national perspective is they like this young team led by a dynamic point guard who's leading the league in assists. Mark Kessish here with us here on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline, voice of ESPN Radio. You'll hear uh, him and PJ and the crew. You'll hear him uh, a lot here on the fan over the next several days as well, the events and, of course, the game coming up on Sunday. All right, let's do a good and bad. What is a, a team that uh, you think has outkicked their coverage, if you will, on the good side? And then uh, which team has surprised you thus far this season, kind of on the bad side that maybe hasn't lived up to what you thought they would be this season? Yeah, I guess I'm half glass full, although my contemporaries probably wouldn't agree. Uh, so I'll go with uh, on the good side first. I think uh, this is hard. I'm going to say Cleveland because of recency bias, the way they've played, how hot they got, even when their stars like Darius Garland and Evan Mobley were still injured and they got going and Donovan Mitchell carried that club. Is it sustainable the rest of the way? I don't know. I think a close second is Oklahoma City because we see the young talent. We see the stockpile of draft picks, and uh, no one's re- no one probably could even pick out Jalen Williams if they bumped into him at the mall, right? And and he's the second best. He probably said the same thing about Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So those are two teams, um, Oklahoma City taking that next step and Cleveland excelling. And then I think, and I don't know, it's it's circumstance, but Milwaukee, I guess I should have seen, you know, with the Drew Holiday trade that they would have taken such a, you know, deep dive on defense and then firing their coach at 30 and 13 and Doc coming in and trying to turn things around and struggling. You know, that's the surprise uh, on the negative side so far. I mean, I guess we could always include uh, the Lakers and the Warriors when they're in the play-in position or just outside play-in position at this point. But those are just a couple of teams that come to mind. 
Kenny's Mark Kestesher. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline, uh, play-by-play voice for ESPN Radio. He's going to be a busy man come this weekend in Indy. Mark, I feel like you'd be the perfect person to ask this. My background mainly is NFL, traveling, covering the Colts. Um, but NBA-wise, I haven't been to a lot of other venues outside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse. I know playoff time, all the venues are loud. You know, everybody's decked out in you know the specific shirt or the rally towels, etc. Give me the regular season buildings that you would label as the loudest in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, because I'm coming to Indy, I, I have to say it's one of my favorite facilities. I mean, the field house was incredibly well constructed, and everyone who talks about Indianapolis talks about great walking city, great restaurants, hotels are right there. So we love Indy, and it gets loud, and probably the most knowledgeable fan base. So I don't just say that because I'm on in the market right now. For loudness, the first thing I thought of halfway through your question was Utah. There's something about that building. If you've never been inside the Delta Center, it is tight. It is small. The first deck kind of has this high pitch, like maybe higher than 45 degrees. And so the the noise just bounces around that building. So I think number one uh, will probably be Utah. And then the other week we had uh, the Knicks and Lakers in New York. And, you know, I don't know what it is about Madison Square Garden, but when the team's rolling and the fan base gets behind them and you have an 8.30 Saturday night game so everybody can get lubed up in the hours before, (laughs) I mean, there's just a special atmosphere. I don't know if it's loudness. Maybe it's atmosphere. uh, But, you know, those those are two buildings that come to mind. Mark Kestis here with us here. Uh, he'll be uh, on the call this weekend for ESPN Radio for all the events happening All-Star game-wise. I need to ask you this. I don't mind saying it. So I worked uh, with your guy Bobby V in Louisville for many years. What's your next college game? What have you made of the college <laughs> basketball season, Kesty? I remember when we had those chats with uh, yeah. Bobby V in, uh, uh, <laughs> down in Louisville. You know, sad to say, I did. How about this for a schedule? I had the Champions Classic, which is, you know, like the second or third or fourth game for every team. So you get Kentucky, Kansas, you get Michigan State, you get Duke. And then I don't have another college game until the Big 12 tournament. Oh, my goodness. Weird weird way it happened. I tried to stay in touch. Uh, You know, Syracuse Homer that got excited about a win over North Carolina. (laughs) It's a big win. But, yeah, so I try. You know what I do? When I'm in hotel rooms or even just at home, I try to take an NBA break because I love League Pass. It's kind of my life, you know, for six months. And I just watch a lot of Big 12 games just to stay on top of it. And then whatever the big game is or close finishes, I just bounce around and drive my wife crazy all night. Uh, but, yeah, I don't have any regular season games until the Big 12. Very disappointing if my bosses are listening. Well, yeah, in the, in, in the Big 12, I mean, it might be it might be the year where Kansas actually doesn't win it. They're, do you know this, KB? They're fifth in the Big 12. I mean, is Houston leading? Uh, Iowa State actually right now technically would be your winner. Houston, you know, tied for first. Then Baylor, Texas Tech, Kansas. I mean, Kansas lost by almost thirty last night. Yeah, not to put you on the spot, Casty, but I mean that should be an interesting Big Twelve tournament when it looks like it might be the first year in like fifteen years that Bill Self doesn't win the conference. It's um, it is amazing how those four teams have come in, led by Houston, BYU, as you said, is having success. Uh, Cincinnati and UCF are, you know, below 500 in conference, but have been competitive in the games. And for a conference that largely has been top to bottom when it was only a 10 team conference, you know, the best in, you know, 70% of of their teams were going to the NCAA tournament. Uh, It is wide open. It's great to see Houston has brought a lot of life. I know 
They got routed in Kansas a couple of weekends ago, but Texas Tech is outstanding. Kansas has had its issues, and you're right. Uh, Bill Self isn't used to losing games at home, no. and, and Kansas City is virtually home. Uh, it felt like for years it was Kansas and Iowa State, and you could ride up uh, to Ames and rob just about any house because <laughs> everybody was in Kansas City during those tournaments. Uh, so it, it should be interesting, and it's no gimme. It's no gimme in the Big 12 this year. Tyrese Halliburton got to be loving this conversation about his Cyclones. You'll hear his voice a whole lot on these airwaves in the upcoming days. Mark Kestesher, of course, ESPN play-by-play voice for ESPN Radio, and uh, he will be a big part of All-Star Weekend. Mark, safe travels tomorrow afternoon, and uh, thank you for the time, man. Great to be on with you guys, and uh, so many friends in Indy looking forward to catching up with this weekend. Thanks, Mark. That's Mark Kestesher right there again, Pay Less Liquors Hotline. You know, it's funny he mentions Madison Square Garden as one of those venues from a uh, just loud standpoint. You know, watching the game that the Knicks beat the Pacers a couple of weeks ago, I was certainly struck by that. You know, that was a weeknight game, and as much as I want Pacers-Knicks to become a rivalry again, and I want there to be, like, some venom and some hatred, and, oh, wait, you know, what did DiVincenzo do after that play, and Tom Thibodeau's a very uh, (laughs) hateable-looking face and everything, I'm like, damn, I do respect how hard the Knicks play. And I think their fans really, really appreciate it. It's not like the big city glitz and glamour that you usually peg. No, they're a tough team. No, that place is rocking. And they are a hard-nosed, blue-collar, throwback type of team. Yeah, they are. And they're just going to have to, you know, I find them to be as interesting as anyone because A, Brunson's a star. B, they have built up an actual team. You know, if you think back, they had a good team and then they traded everyone for Carmelo, you know, many years ago. And uh, they kind of gave up all their other pieces to accumulate and try to build a big three. We talked with Woj about that earlier in the 8 o'clock hour. They just got to get Julius Randle and OG Ananobi back. Yeah, or or if you're a Pacer fan, they don't. You you, sure. you want to see those guys be rehabbing, but you know you got a couple weeks uh, still after the All Star break where OG is going to take some time and Julius Randle is going to take some time. I tell you, you know Randle's was real scary, right? I mean, he goes down, he ran right to the to the locker room. Uh, if you remember on that, so uh, the Knicks are just one of those teams. You know, the Pacers got to they got to try to catch some of these teams with Embiid being out and the Knicks having you know two of their top three players being out. Yeah, the Pacers have avoided, you know, Cleveland and New York have really been hit by the injury bug. Pacers have had it, but not to that level. Cleveland and, and I would say even New York, they've weathered it pretty well. So, uh, again, tonight in Toronto, the final game for the All-Star break. All right, in a few, we will give away a pair of tickets to see Dave Matthews coming up in late June on the Pop Quiz. On top of that, a Cluster Truck gift card, $25 coming your way, no matter what, on the Pop Quiz. We'll talk some Butler with Nick Gardner, the color man. There, he's going to join us coming up after the pop quiz. Before all of that, let's do a morning checkdown. The Morning Checkdown, brought to you by the Barbasol Horizon League Basketball Championships. March starts here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, March 11th and 12th. Yeah, you mentioned Nick Gardner going to be joining us. Let's start there. Butler losers last night to Marquette. And Marquette, number four in the country, 78-72. That's your final. Butler now 16-9 and on the season, 500 uh, in the Big East there at 7-7. and Post game, here's head coach Thad Mata. 
we've got to learn from this game. We, we weren't very good in the first half. I mean, nine turnovers, we were we were sloppy, and, and I think that was the difference. You know, we had one of those nights where we, we couldn't make shots, and, and I thought we had some really good looks at the basket. They wouldn't go in, but we've got another tr- quick turnaround. We got, we got another... <laughs> Another Big East team uh, on Saturday at noon, and you know we've we've got to continue to find ways to get better. And, and I'm challenging these guys. It's February. I, I don't care. We we, you know, you, you can't slow down. You got to keep coming in every day, going to work, and getting better. And, and that's what we got to do. You know, by winning at Marquette, by winning at Creighton, by beating Villanova, beating Providence here recently. Last night, you walk away from it, Andy, and you don't think it's very crippling, really, at all. Butler was in a position that they've created a little bit of house money. With that effort, you know, I've said it all morning long. It felt like to me a second round matchup, like a one eight, a two seven, you know, that sort of seeding. Marquette's legit. I mean, they are very legit. Butler made a big run at them there in the second half. Finley Bizjack, the great looking hair. He was outstanding. The freshman, critical for Butler, I think, to get him. He's good. In a consistent role here uh, off the bench down the stretch. So. Um, again, Butler's in a fine position. They still need a couple of more, but they've got some opportunities. And as Thad Mata said right there, home to Creighton. Uh, you said twelve thirty tip on Saturday. Is yeah, right? twelve thirty. It's on Fox. I was trying. I was trying to look at. Uh, I don't know what a what a line would be. ESPN's matchup predictor: sixty eight percent of the time, Creighton wins this game. Boy, Butler. They don't totally count against you, but you you need to you need to win. And the one thing they need to look out for one that, or two more. I, the one thing I would say they need to look out for is being under five hundred in the Big East. That that's just a yeah, but thing. Does that, that can, matter? Well, I mean the Big East is loaded. I feel like conference record is not a thing. I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like they're I, looking at quad one and quad two, perhaps, and again Butler's perhaps. got no bad law. I think the big thing is more than under five hundred. Don't lose to DePaul. When you play DePaul in the rematch, that's like the one, that in Georgetown, right? I mean, those are the one, like, grenade games in the Big East. Don't do that. I would throw in perhaps. Don't do what Indiana State did last night. I I would throw in maybe even St. John's. St. John's lost again last night to Providence. They lost yet again. They're like 14 and 11. So that went from, like, maybe a back-end quad one, definitely a quad two. That in a couple weeks might be a quad three since since you're at home. I know I'm nitpicking. I'm just saying, if you're a bubble team, there are things that may be looked at. Being under 500 in your conference could could be one of them. Now, I don't know if the bubble burst in Terre Haute last night, but certainly a ton of air was let out of that balloon. Awful by the Sycamore. Josh Shirts ripping his team afterwards, rightly so. Uh, 17-point favorite. They lose by 13. And for those unfamiliar with the Missouri Valley, they didn't lose to like the second or third or fourth best team in that conference. Illinois State's near the bottom of the conference, missing some key guys due to injuries as well. Uh, that is an awful law, awful home loss by double digits to one of the bottom feeders in that conference. Andy, they didn't lead Indiana State. They didn't have a lead until 9.30 to go in the game. They get the lead. Our guy Brendan King's on the call, and I feel like he even mentioned it like a little, almost like a Bronx cheer inside of the Holman Center like about time, and then boom, Illinois State punched him right back and was in full control of that game just a few minutes later. Uh, yeah. If you don't win the Moval tournament at this point, uh, you'll be sweating like Usher come Selection Sunday. <laughs> you'll look like Sean Miller come Selection Sunday. Give us one more swoosh here, Mark. Eight of one thirty-eight more. from three, oh. the Sycamores. But it's not like Illinois State shot it well from three either. Uh, but certainly not 
what we're used to from Josh Schertz's bunch this season. They just petered out. There was no one more run. Like the old the old men just put their coats on and they just left the arena. <laughs> it was, just, it was just, like a, just like a sad, we were a top 25 team, now we're not uh, a well, top 25 it, it's team. It's funny you mentioned, Mark, I, I don't know if Brendan, I, I guess Brendan King would be okay with us uh, sharing the gift that he sent Mark and I after the game last night. Uh, the Rick Carlisle quote, it was fun while it lasted in regards to Tristan Thompson, and it's the Homer Simpson walking yeah. into the bar and oh, then yeah. walking out of the bar there. That's kind of what it was like for the ranking for Indiana State. Uh, Pacers-Raptors tonight. Indiana favored by three and a half in that one, and basically the analysis has been just get a win. They need to get a win tonight, feel good about themselves going in to the All-Star break. Benedict Mather, and I think game-time decision. Jalen Smith will not play. Rick Carlisle told us that yesterday. Pascal Siakam back up north. You'll see Bruce Brown against his former team. The Raptors have lost 15 of 19. They didn't even score 100 points in each of their last two games. Certainly not something you see in today's NBA. All right. On the other side, again, Nick Gardner in about 15 minutes to talk Butler. It is giveaway time for the pop quiz. We're handing you some pretty good items. Dave Matthews Band pair of tickets late June. Cluster Truck gift card, 25 bucks. And if you go five for five, the trifecta will be the Jiffy Lube prize pack. Definitely getting two prizes, though. Give us- Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Call 317-239-1070. Studied. Can you handle the pressure? Sharpen your pencils. It's time for the pop quiz with KB and Andy. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, Indiana's favorite oil chain since 1985. All right, so it's going to be madness on the phone lines here because it's Valentine's Day and it's, it's pop quiz time. And if you have forgotten Valentine's Day and maybe the Mrs. Loves Dave Matthews band, it might be, hey, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, this is your last chance that you have. Uh, we have two tickets. Dave Matthews, that is in June uh, at Ruoff. 
Uh, you're going to get those regardless if you win or lose. And then a $25 gift card to Cluster Truck. Check them out online. Great food specials there. Clustertruck.com. Uh, if you don't win the pop quiz, type in the fan uh, at checkout. You get 25% off an order of $25 or more. And if you get all five right, like we have for many years here, Jiffy Lube, you'll get that free oil change. So we have a litany of prizes that you're already going to win, and then obviously you can win the oil change as well. We do, to say the least. All right, uh, Nick Gardner in town to talk some Butler with us. Before that, it is the pop quiz. Andy Sweeney, number one through eight. Uh, yeah, let's go uh, number two. Caller number two, Mark. Who do we have? Numero dos. Matthew. Matthew, good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, Matthew. Hey, guys. Good morning. Oh, Matthew from Maine. Well, I, I, I should say, is it Matthew from Indianapolis now? Yes. So you have made the move, oh, correct? How about that? I have. Now, for our audience out there, uh, fill us in here, Matthew, okay? This was a drive from Maine to Indy. How long does that dr- Where do you even go? Describe this drive for us. All right. It's 1,100 miles. Oh. Now, I got a... Fr- I got a friend in Canadagua, New York. So from Maine to her house, it's 500 and something miles. Spend the night there, and then it's 500 and something miles from there to Indy. What are we talking hour-wise? Um, about 10 hours each day. I had to go through state highways in New Hampshire and Vermont. I had never been to Vermont before. It's very gorgeous. I'm driving around a mountain while towing a, tra- a U-Haul trailer. No thanks. Oh, man. No thanks. It's pretty terrifying, though. Yeah, gosh. Good for you. Are you one that tests the speed limit or no? Uh, yeah. I've got I've got <laughs> places to be. You, yeah. You, you got a lead foot. You're, you're getting ready for the 500 here in a few months. Well, Matthew, congrats on that. Uh, glad that you were safe, to say the least, with that. And boy, yeah, I did a drive one time, uh, Palm Springs to San Diego, and like I, I, I guess it's the closest, like mountainish. I guess I did do some drive driving through like Tennessee, Asheville area, oh, down yeah. into Georgia. That was a little dicey. Oh no, yeah, no, thank you. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. and I feel like I'm a rather comfortable driver, but no. Yeah, I, I can't tell you. Every time I get in those mountains, North Carolina, Asheville, Knoxville, all of that, it's always, it starts to rain. Right. And it's very curvy. So it's curvy, it starts to rain, and then it's always final destination where there's a log truck carrying yeah, huge uh-huh. pieces of wood and staring at you as you're uh, driving around these mountains. It's beautiful, yeah. yet terrifying. Yeah. At the same yeah, time. Vermont has the signs of like, test your brakes now. It's going to be wicked steep the next three miles. Gosh, yeah, those are signs that don't make you feel the most comfortable. I'm, I, again, I'm usher sweating right Oof. now thinking about that. Well, Matthew, great to hear your voice. Congrats on the prizes. Andy Sweeney, toss the first one, Matthew. All right, Matthew, let's, uh, you already got a couple prizes. Let's get that Jiffy Lube oil change. Question number one. Happy Valentine's Day from Scotty. How about that? What sport is Cupid most closely associated with? Is it sumo wrestling, archery, curling, or water polo? Archery. Nice. Okay, here. Number two, Matthew, the Magic, retired Shaq's number 32 last night. Shaq previously had his number retired by the Lakers and Heat as he becomes the third player. Have his number retired by three NBA teams, not counting Bill Russell, whose number six is retired league-wide. Wilt Chamberlain was the first, having his number 13 retired by the Sixers, Warriors, and Lakers. Who is the other, if you followed all of that? Charles Barkley, Bob Lanier, Moses Malone, or Pete Maravich? 
Charles Barkley. You sure, Matthew? No, I just started following basketball like a week ago. I just got here. No, well, she, well I think it. Well, th- this no is going to help. No basketball in Maine, I guess. Yeah, What's going well, on there. Do you have the red claws still, or I, no? I would have gone with Barkley as well. By the way, it's not him. Are the Red Claws still in Maine? Is Ronald Norred still coaching them, or is he on the Hawks staff with Mike Bray? The Red Claws are still in Maine. Um, no idea who coaches them. Uh, you want another guest besides Barkley, Lanier, Malone, or Maravich? Malone. All right, question number three. The NBA All-Star Game will be played Sunday at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Where was the first NBA or ABA All-Star Game to be played in the state of Indiana held, okay? So, again, NBA or ABA. Was it the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum in Fort Wayne, the Indiana State Fairgrounds Coliseum, Hinkle Fieldhouse, uh, or the Hoosier Dome? Hinkle Fieldhouse. I would not have gotten this. No. Number four, Matthew. While much of our focus on Sunday will be the NBA All-Star Game, you got the Daytona 500 scheduled to run on Sunday. Who is the defending Daytona 500 winner? Another one I would not have gotten. Joey Logano, Christopher Bell, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., or William Byron? Ricky Bell. I feel well, like it's... Ricky Bell combines two of the answers there. Um, let's go with the first name, though. You... Joey Logano? No. Are you good with Ricky? Let's go with Ricky. Yep. That's like Ricky Fowler. Yeah. Okay. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. it is. I wonder how much of our lit- listening audience knows the Daytona 500 is Sunday. Probably a little higher than yeah, you would think. I, I pr- probably, but I don't know. All right. Last one, Matthew. Let's Did go. Did they let's... do the thing at the Coliseum? Did that happen? Yes. That didn't get impacted by weather? <laughs> Denny Hamlin won. I'm, I'm I think Denny Hamlin Scotty. wins every race. Yeah. I guess besides so there you the go. Daytona last year. On this day, last one, on this day in 1966, Wilt Chamberlain set the NBA career scoring record with his uh, 20th, what was it? What was it? 20,881st point. There you go. Whose record did Wilt break? Was it George Mikan, Bob Pettit, Ed McCauley, Dolph Shays? go with the second one. I have no idea. Oh, You want to go Bob Pettit? Look at that. There you go. Matthew, what's your favorite part of Indy been so far? Oh, gosh. Uh, Probably meeting JMV at his remote. Look at that. (laughs) The three mile race that I did. Man, you got a low bar there for things in Indy so far. (laughs) Well, again, I, I just got here. It's only been a couple of weeks. Where was the JMV remote at? Uh, whiskey business. Oh, nice. Very nice. Now, JMV, outstanding in person. I, I I honestly would like to attend a few more of those. You saw him where? At the Mutt? I Is saw him right? at the Mutt on the East End. Yeah, he was he was holding court. Uh, he, had, uh, he had some listeners. Uh, we interviewed Don Fisher. I mean, it was Love it. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah. That was when you two schemed up against me, if I remember correctly. Uh, he, yeah. he's, trying to, he's trying to put a wedge between us. That's yeah. what he's trying to do. Let's rip his ass, I believe, was the exact <laughs> phrase he used. He hates draft capital more than any human being that I know. He does. Matthew, (laughs) congrats. Good effort on the pop quiz. Archery was right for one. See, correcto. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. correct. And Bob Pettit. Let's go! Yeah, I mean, two and three. Especially three. I would not have gotten Allen County War Memorial Coliseum. The first, I guess, is the big thing there. 
Yeah, I think that's it. Was that an ABA thing? No, it was no, NBA. Oh, that was NBA. NBA. Oh, yeah, you're right. That was 1953. Yeah. Uh, and then Pete Maravich, his jersey retired by three teams. This one I did. I would have went with Barkley. Just thinking, did the Houston Rockets? You know the Sixers did. You know the Suns did. But Pistol Pete, the Hawks, the Jazz, and then the Pelicans, who of course he never played for. Actually, did all that's being pounded uh, pretty hard there. I love you, Mark Dighton. I love you, KB, but. Damn. Hardest man. Oh, boy, that's an odd way to say that. How about that D, baby? <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is Mark Dykton. If you couldn't tell yeah. his voice, certainly you could tell by the mashup there of those were love-related yes, sound bites yeah. we've had, Mark. Some of those are a different description of love, maybe, than some others there. All that's being pounded uh, pretty hard. Nick Gardner, <laughs> Voyer, color. All right, final segment on this Wednesday, hanging on the drivehuber.com studios. A couple different reminders. Uh, Adrian Warjanowski, reminder, he's going to have his podcast. He was on with us. If you want to find that podcast, 1075thefan.com. He'll be taping his podcast live with Tyrese Halliburton and Grant Hill. That's tomorrow night at the Vogue Theater. You can find tickets for that, thevogue.com. That's going to be at 8 o'clock. And, and we then, might be making an and, appearance? And I think we're going to... "Quote unquote," pump the crowd up. I think it's at some point tomorrow. Do so we just play Jock Jams on repeat? Is that what I, we do? I'm fine with that. I have the Tootsie Roll. I think that was on Jock Jams <laughs> Volume One. So now, if you want to see us, to it. do the Tootsie Roll. So that's all tomorrow night at eight o'clock again for tickets. TheVogue.com and Woj was on with us, as was ESPN Radio's Mark Kestishier. You miss any of those conversations? Check it out. The Podcast Center 1075thefan.com and our next guest as well, Nick Gardner, joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Analyst there for Butler Basketball. A close game, a loss last night. Nick, good morning. Thanks for joining us. I guess let's start here. After the game, you know, Thad talked a lot about, you know, not making shots, and we understand you got to make shots to win. But besides that, what kind of bothered you last night? Butler got so close, couldn't get it over the hump, and ultimately they lose by six. Yeah, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, it's good to talk to you, the uh, the hype man. I, I'm, I may have to get a ticket to come see you guys. Come on now. <laughs> We're going to have to bring you on stage here. I know you've had a night or two at the Vogue in your day. Oh, oh, that's 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 for another interview, I think, <laughs> uh, Yeah, um, but no, last night I think, you know, I thought, I thought the dogs were fortunate to, uh, you know, that first half you had nine turnovers. I think that's one area uh, the last couple games where that turnover number has gotten high. Butler's been so good at taking care of the basketball. It's been part of the reason why they've been so efficient and so potent on the offensive end. And then I think something that, look, the dogs have done a much better job of of late is just kind of those crucial plays, right? Like those game-changing plays that you just have to find a way to win. Um, Marquette was able to make those plays late. You know, Butler cuts it to two. Um, They have the ball, and you get a turnover late in the game. I think we're about a minute and a half, two minutes left. They come down, bleed the clock, and Cam Jones banks in a three. Um, they were, you know, Cola had a late three. They just executed really well down the stretch. And so I think turnovers and just kind of timely execution is what let things slide yesterday. Nick, before we get any further, it's been great to run into you a few times this fall and watching your son and my nephew play on the same, uh, I guess, football and basketball teams. And there I'm sitting the other day reading the Indianapolis Business Journal, terrific work by Derek Schultz in a profile on you, 
Um, you've been doing this gig for multiple decades now, Butler Color Man, and obviously your history of the program extends deeper into that as a player. And I, I'm reading the story, and I get to kind of near the end of it, and I feel like Derek Schultz buried the lead, and I really hope there's video of this. Are you telling me that very early in your color personality career, after a big Butler win, I believe in the Garden, if I remember yeah. correctly, you ran out onto the court to celebrate the win with the team? <laughs> so it, it, there's a little bit. He, he missed. So what I, I did do, it is true. So that was one of the first games that I'd done. That was like our first season. Uh, Joe Gentry and I working together. And it was, we were at the Garden. And back in the day at the Garden, they basically had different radio spots, like over the con- over the tunnels that you got out to the concourse. So you were like sitting on top of the tunnel. They were a really weird angle. And we had won the preseason NIT. It's, it's, it's been tradition about you win, the, you win a game at, in the locker room. You go in, you sing the war song. It's, uh, it, it's been something that's been done since my time there. And so I was so fired up. <laughs> I turned to Joe. I said, I was like, Joe, you got this post game. I booked it down on the court. I actually, it wasn't on the court technically. It was in the locker room at Madison Square Garden. But it is true. I ditched the headset. And ran down and said, "Man, I got a single war song in the garden." And so I took the opportunity to do that. Uh, I absolutely love that. I love that passion. It's one of my favorite things about college athletics. That's and frankly, great. you. Um, I, I do want to. I guess probably a question you've been asked a lot. And for our audience that might might not know, Nick, your playing career at Butler included who as head coach? Because I know there's multiple. Yeah. So uh, my my freshman year, I played for Coach Mata in his first year there. Um, and then Todd Licklider took over, and he was my coach for the for my my last three years. Okay, so Thad for obviously just one year, then he goes to Xavier. Now all of a sudden Thad is back, and, and you know you just don't see this very often, frankly, in any sport, particularly college athletics. As best you can remember, as a freshman in college, which is probably unfair of me to ask, what is the same and what's changed about Thad Mata? Oh well, I tell you what. Um, not a lot has changed. I mean, obviously, he's a little more. I mean, he's he's, you know, he's he's just more tenured. You know, he's a little more polished. Certainly, like everybody does in whatever role when they grow. But one thing about Coach Mata is he is the ultimate uh, instiller of confidence and belief in his guys. Uh, I absolutely loved playing for him because you felt like you could do anything. He just empowers his team, um, and he is he is a guy that. <clears throat> Like, if I could ever run into the locker room today, like in present day, I would do it before the game because I would want to be in there to hear what he has to say to get you going because you are going to be ready to run through a wall. Um, he is an extremely um, smart guy, and, and, and he's really smart in, like, what he spends his time on. He, he's about winning, and he doesn't let a lot of the fray get in the way. He doesn't let some of that stuff, you know, affect how he coaches his team. Uh, and so certainly there's been some differences. He's got um, a, a wealth of experience, but in the end, he's still just a really passionate coach who believes in his players and does an unbelievable job of instilling that belief in them and knowing that, hey, th- those guys are going to be playing at a really high level because of how their coach believes in them. And then obviously he's got really good staff around him, and, and he's always done that. He's always had really high-level staff around him that are empowered to do their roles. And, I mean, you can see the impact it's had on this group. It's been a a phenomenal turnaround in just one year. 
Nick Gardner with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Butler basketball radio analyst joining us here for a couple more minutes. You know, Posh Alexander, he misses a few games. He comes back the last three games, just 7 of 25 from the field, averaging just 7 points per game in the last three games. Had just 4 points on 1 of 5 shooting last night. Is it? Is he going through a slump? Is he just trying to get back from the injury? What do you think it is with Posh? Um, well, I think obviously he's not. I don't think he's at you know, full hundred percent. He's a, he's a gamer though. Like that dude wants to play. Um, and I think he, here's the thing with Posh is I don't know, like there are going to be some games where those shooting numbers are going to look really good. Um, but I, I just look back to the Providence game, Andy, and, and, you know, I think he was three of 12 yep. from the field. Didn't shoot it great, but man, did he impact that 10, eight and eight. Um, and just his, his, the effect he has on the opposition with his pesky nature, defensively, um, his toughness. He, he brings so much more, I think, than what you see in the score sheet. And so at times you, you get skewed when you do see that score sheet. But I, I think he's a little bit banged up. And, and I think, frankly, last night, Finley Bizjack got going. And Coach Mata found a lineup that was working and getting back. So he kind of rode that out. So I think, you know, you look at his minutes played last night, um, I think some of that had, had more so to do with how well guys stepped up when he wasn't out there and just kind of riding a hot lineup. But I, but I think for sure he's, he, he's, he's not 100%, but at times those numbers are going to be deceiving because his impact can be far greater than that. And, again, I think that Providence game is a great example. Numbers don't look great, but, man, did he impact winning. And, boy, what Finley showed last night can be huge for another option for Butler here as they close out the regular season. Again, Nick Gardner, the color man alongside Mark Menner, always a great listen. He joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Butler Creighton coming up Saturday afternoon. Nick, for those that haven't seen a ton of Butler this year, the faces have changed big time. I would say the body types have changed. I've said this to yeah. Thad when, we, when we've had him on. I'm like, Thad, you got some dudes that could go play on Sunday coming up here in a few years. I guess for those, you know, and Fox Sports 1 threw up a great graphic last night, the difference in just the wins and the Big East wins and the point total from this year to last year. For those that haven't seen a lot of Butler either last year or this year, what has changed in your eyes? Yeah, I, I would agree with you, Kevin. I think one of the first things when you saw this roster compared to just, again, just looking at them, you go watch them on the court, the size on the wing. Jamil Telford, Pierre Brooks the second. You've got big bodies who can score and who are really versatile. Um, You've got to give credit to, to Thad and his staff for, I mean, the portal can be uh, deceiving, I think. You, you're recruiting guys, you know, in, in the past you recruited high school guys for two, three years and got to know them. Now you're doing that in two and three weeks um, and doing it over Zoom. And so it's hard to identify, especially some of the intangibles. Uh, you can look at guys' numbers and go to Ken Palm and see their efficiency and all this stuff, but what's their makeup? What are they like? And so this, this staff did an unbelievable job of identifying certain traits on the court that are shooting. Um, experience is obviously one of them. Um, and just some more versatility. I think specifically that shooting nature. And then you go identify, okay, um, do we want to go just get one-year guys or do we want to try and get some guys where this can be a little bit more sustainable in today's environment? And so they went and did that. Um, DJ Davis is leading the nation in free throw shooting. He's a lights out shooter that you have to cover and, and he changes the game. Um, you know, he didn't get, didn't have a huge night last night, but he was coming off four straight 20 point games. Um, and, and I think that size and that shooting on the wing has been the biggest difference. 
And, and this is a group that gets up and down. They play much faster because of that offensive ability and the added threats. You've got a bunch of different guys that can hurt you. And so it's really hard to key on one guy. I mean, Pierre Brooks is the leading scorer, but DJ Davis is right there. Jamil Telford's right there. Um, you know, you got really three main guys, and then Finley Bizjack has stepped up and made some plays. And Andre Screen has played really good minutes. So, you know, they, they, you, you got to have a little bit of luck with that, uh, but certainly identifying those traits and, and turning it over so quickly was, was impressive. And, and now you put yourself in a position um, to, to keep playing in March. And that's all you wanted. And, and you got some challenging games ahead, but, but you like this group because of their ability to score. I think it's the biggest difference, KB. And again, I think the resume looks strong. I, I, I get when you're in it, it, it might not look whatever yeah. as attractive as you would like, but I just think the wins away from home, the no bad losses, sure, you'd like to add one or two here down the stretch, but I think Butler is going to have their name called here in about a month. Nick, always enjoy our conversations. I've enjoyed running into you a few times here in the fall. Uh, love the call with you and Mark, and uh, we'll certainly be listening come Saturday afternoon. Likewise. Appreciate it. You guys are a great listener as well. I tune in every pretty much every morning on the way into the office, so keep up the good work, and thanks for having me on. Best to the family. Thank you. That is Nick Gardner right there on the Payless Liquors hotline again. Butler loses last night. They've got Creighton coming up. We'll give away a four-pack to that Creighton game at some point here. This week, uh, tonight, hoop wise, seven thirty, north of the border, Pacers, Raptors. God, just get a win. Just, just I, get I, a win. I almost am like, I don't really care about I, the aesthetics. I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm gonna say if they win one hundred to ninety nine, I'm just like, okay, good enough. 88, 86. Yeah. That's fine back, with me. Like, like it's ninety seven. Yeah, I got no problem with it. Get your thirty first <laughs> win and regroup during the All Star break. Thank you to Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, that is up on the podcast. Fun event he's got coming up at the Vogue. Tomorrow night with Tyrese Halliburton and Grant Hill. Mark Dykton, you rest that voice. Andy Sweeney, have a great night, everybody. In all seriousness, we love you. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you for listening to The Wake Up Call.